Dueling Genre. Hello, and welcome to Immunities Talks About The Host 2013, one of a series of hiatus episodes where we are talking about movies that have some relationship to immunities. I'm here with... Jamie Gosling. Hello, friends. Tony Downing. Hello. Maria Burnham. And this is Bob J. Kester. Uh, Maria toiled for several seasons as uh, Woman One, the glue that held those seasons together. Could not have done it without me. (laughs) (laughs) But Woman One has received the name Lilia Andreu. Can you give me a Lilia Andreu line? Of course. Your sister will not be at dinner tonight. She has been detained. Cool. And Jeannie. Hello. Has played Governor Bendelee. And what's some Governor Bendelee from last season? Holroyd's actions were dehumanizing. But your idea of the general will dehumanizes us too, though without us feeling the pain. Cool. And Tony is here as one of our generous Kickstarter backers. Happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, chose this film from a list of two that I presented, <laughs> the other of which he had seen recently. <laughs> and it may be coming up in a future. So we all watched The Host, and that is uh, very important to 2013 American The Host, and not the 2006 Korean The Host, which I was afraid up until the moment everybody walked through the door that somebody would have seen instead, because it's somewhat more well-regarded. It definitely came up on the Google search first. <laughs> So I'm not going to ask for an initial assessment of the movie as a whole, because I think it'll be nice if that comes out during the course of our discussion of it. But had anybody here seen it before watching it for this? I thought I had seen it before till I started watching it. And then I was like, I have never seen this movie before. So I don't know what I was thinking I had seen. It came out at the same time as other movies that kind of look like it, like in terms of poster art and stuff like that. Like I Am Number Four Mm -hmm. and Detergent, whatever it's called. Detergent? (laughs) Divergent. Yeah, yeah, Divergent. <laughs> emergent. <laughs> regurgent. Yeah, that's the other thing is they all had like that one name yeah. title. Chicago's own. So I should have some sort of hometown pride for that series, but I don't. <laughs> <You> don't? <laughs> they did take over South Loop for several weeks for filming and took a small community down there. And, and that first movie, there's a moment where they're ziplining from the John Hancock Center down to the Board of Trade where I'm like, oh man. 10-year-old, 12-year-old me is loving this right now. I did know a number of the smaller role actors in it, though, because they filmed it in Louisiana, the city parts. So I knew several of those actors. So maybe that's why I just heard them talking about it. Gotcha. I had a big, like, sort of hole of films from, like, around that 2012, 2014 (laughs) era, but I somehow had seen this film before. Oh, okay, gotcha. So... I had not, and I don't know why I hadn't before. (laughs) We were busy watching Divergent. I yeah. was. I was. <laughs> Guilty. So this film was definitely a part of a craze, basically trying to plug into the YA thing that was catching fire at that time, as it were, like the Hunger Games movies and the Twilight movies. And they were like, what if we could get something that's kind of Hunger Gamesy and kind of Twilighty and put them together? And that's kind of what this is. I mean, it was based on a book by Stephanie Meyer who wrote Twilight. With Twilight, there's a lot of moral interpretation that's been put on this, that book, and I think you can put a lot on this movie, too, though I think it's a little less clear. But I don't think it had that much deep of, like, moral implication, like, being flipped there. I think it was like, well, in, in, yeah, I did Twilight, and I've got this human who falls in love with a vampire and goes into all this vampire movie. I find just the depth I really know about that, and I know that the vampires are shiny. What if I flipped that around and said there was a... Um, parasite like a vampire who falls in love and goes interested into the human community and flipped it around? Well, there's something that ties into that, which comes up pretty early, so I will wait till it comes up in the movie. So, 
The movie starts... Oh, and for you listeners, if you haven't watched the movie, you should perfectly well be able to enjoy just listening to us talk about it, and maybe it'll make you want to watch the movie, and maybe it won't. <laughs> but I don't think it's a movie that can really be... There's only a couple things in it that can really be spoiled, and I don't think... I think you'll be just as good going in knowing those yes. things as you would be not going to not things. ruin your enjoyment of this film. So we start off with a thing of the world. I'm always hoping that they'll do the universal logo and then it becomes the planet. Yeah, that's like kind of a cliche, but I love it every time they do that. Like in Waterworld, where all the land and the globe disappears. Or like mm-hmm. But uh, nope, they don't do that. They, they could have done that here. They could have like the little <laughs> shining lights come down onto the planet. Right. Yeah, it's doable. So it starts off, it's all very orange and teal right away, which I don't know, it, that, that was sort of a thing in like poster art and stuff like that, and movies from about this time that was really cool for a second and then everybody suddenly hated it. It's like the Comic Sans of color schemes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sort of necessary for Shirsha Ronan movies, because she kind of is orange and teal, like from the beginning, like, you know. <laughs> with That's her hair interesting. And her <gasps> That's deep. So we get William Hurt's voice talking about how great everything is on the world and how everything's been solved. And we're like, wow, this is some sort of setup for a movie. Right. Well, the world where nothing's gone wrong. And he said, our world has never been so perfect. And that's because it is no longer our world. Boom, boom, boom. Which those who listen to us on the invasion will know there was a whole thing in that about how a world in which man no longer choose one another is a world where we have ceased to be human. <laughs> Excellent. Just my Joseph somehow. Well, let's definitely explore, seem to explore that. They are no longer human. Okay, but, the, but then they've got these little scenes of four people's faces or groups of people. Yeah, the two socialites. And then you've got the boy living in Africa. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. In a perfectly clean outfit and everything. So it's like. They've taken over, but they've just decided to be exactly whatever economic status or wherever they were. They just kept staying there. Yeah, which they mentioned later. It's like, we don't change the world. We just perfect it. <laughs> yeah, that is weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> but they could play. They could just turn it into any planet they want. And they decide to right. just keep going with humans. Let's just keep going. Let's go I'm, I'm kind of glad okay. they at least gave that sort of thing some thought. There was a movie probably from a little earlier than this, but not much. Oh, it's called Surrogates which is a terrible mid-budget sci-fi Bruce Willis thing in which it has like an opening crawl and it's like on such and such a date we develop the ability to beam your brain. Yeah, so everyone just stays at home and they're they're like pods and the robots go walking But it's essentially like within 18 months everyone in the world had a robot body. And I'm like, everyone in the world (laughs) in 18 months. How'd they build those robots? (laughs) You can't get everyone in the world mosquito netting. (laughs) (laughs) And they never show you anything other than one little section of one city. So here at least they mean it. We also have no idea how the takeover happened, which seems like yeah, a good Im- question. the initial uh, implantation. Yeah, exactly. That's Okay, if I could just go ahead and ask this question. I was asking myself the entire time I was watching this, because they show it at the start. Yeah. Right? Like, how they, the implantation happens on Saoirse Ronan. How the heck did this start? So this... this yeah, wait, pod- for, the, for the people from home, yeah, these beams of light come down, get put into these silver oval... Things. That's about uh, the palm of your hand. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then you make an incision in the back of somebody's neck, and then a glowing white pretty thing. Caterpillar-looking thing. Yeah, exactly. Caterpillar. Sort of mm-hmm. Makes its way from the pod into the person. But so, yeah. So I might but, say it's a sparkling alien. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's certainly no... Yeah. And like almost every Body Snatcher movie does skip over this point to some point. The only one that really deals with it from the beginning is a 78 one where you see like the seeds. You actually see them take off from their home planet and then you see them land and then you see them growing day after day over on the plants. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then you don't see how the first people get taken over, but that's just so that you'll see it later. But it's all very plausible. But right, pretty that, much that no other Body Snatcher how, movie really does that. I would say it would make sense in that one because the way they later get implanted is 
you can imagine being the way they initially got implanted. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't require yeah. somebody else's assistance. Right. It Correct. They, like, Correct. Caught, did someone accidentally cut themselves open and the oh, yeah. alien just clapped? They were like, they had <laughs> an accident waiting. They were like, in oh, a perfect yeah. incision. Yeah. On the, yes. They had an accident on the back of their neck. <laughs> there's a few movies where an egghead got it going. Uh, there's uh, Life from a couple years ago, which is sort of an alien knockoff and is actually my least favorite movie. Mm. Like, period. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's just my least favorite. And uh, it's got people I like in it. It's got Ryan Reynolds. But there's that. There's also the Species series. I don't know if you saw that at all. In the that's like the is 90s. that the Natasha Henstridge one? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Where there's this sort of like let's the, just the, go the, ahead and put human DNA and alien DNA together and see what happens. Exactly. Well, they got a message from aliens saying, "Hey, if you do this, it'll be cool." Mm-hmm. And so they do it, and then they create this alien woman who Len wants to mate and kill. <laughs> mm-hmm. It had three sequels. <laughs> but 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 you have to imagine like so so that's they they like so that's like maybe some guy was like oh I found this alien thing oh no, what can cool. I do with it and he kept experimenting until he figured out how to get it to go inside of him let me let me let's cut some yeah but then that's just one where did they get the other aliens then just keep going well once he's figured it out yeah I'm, then he can cut everyone else open when the aliens show up on the planet right? plus they, they they've got super cool technology yeah so he would be able to do something I guess. Including that cool peace spray that knocks right, people that, out. Yeah, and then the one that, that, that cures everything, right? They have the other. Right, one. right. They have all the great sprays. So they don't they don't put it into weaponry, thank no. goodness. But they uh, but they do seem to have amazing technology. Well, it. I was also wondering, conversely, when they decide to leave a planet, do they just stay there till the planet naturally dies and then leaves, or do they get bored and they're like, okay, let's go to a new planet? I think I've, I've given that some thought. I think they they're just still on all of those planets. Oh, we think they're like so. exchange students. They go around from planet to planet. Yeah, like, like traveler, yeah, just like or wanderer. Wanderer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that gets us back to where we started. So you see, Shusha Ronan is this teen girl who's in like a museum or something like that, and uh, she oh, gets library. Yeah. Yeah. It is unclear. They, He's they in mentioned some fancy building. Yeah. Much later in the movie, they say what it was when they're sort of reenacting. Oh, what was it? it yeah, what was it? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't anything memorable. I just know that they do talk about it. Grand building of unknown importance. <laughs> My main hook's onto like where I can find out things, not the actual information. But if you rewatch the movie, they will tell you at some point. <laughs> And uh, she gets surrounded by these very nice people, you know, who are saying, you know, oh, you know, be careful, you know, we just want to help you. Please don't hurt yourself. But and there's like no one around her, and then there's like ten people around her in like half a second. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. also, why was she there? Why was she in that building? What? They mentioned it later. They were like on a. They were on some sort of raid, but the fact the why they're traveling around rather than staying with her uncle is never addressed. No, well, they hadn't gotten to the uncle yet. Oh, they were. They on had their not gotten there. to Uncle Jeb and his marvelous oh. mystery. And that actually ties into a deleted scene yet, which we're not even. <gasps> I did not see the deleted, deleted scene. We could have watched deleted scenes Stop for this. Everything. The deleted scenes are like. <laughs> Do we need to pause now and go watch seconds, the deleted like, scene? I'll, I'll mention them as they come up. <laughs> okay. They're, they're all well deleted, but the, uh, it's one of the del- extremely okay. short. It's one of the deleted scenes of some scientist saying, look, I found this caterpillar. <laughs> Stick it in your head. <laughs> See, that's more the sort of thing you would do in a, like a webisode type mm-hmm. thing. If you're going to have like a pre, it would be completely different. You could mm-hmm. get very cheap actors, have it be in a completely different place. So that would be a cool sort I of tie-in product for this. Stephanie, Ma- oh, Stephanie, what's her name? Meyer Stephanie Meyer. Is writing a sequel or it may be a prequel. I don't know which one, but there, she's writing another but regardless, no, I'm buying it. Yeah. So I'll just I'll just mention that I listened to the commentary track of this too, which is Stephanie Meyer, Andrew Nicole, the director, and one of the producers. 
And uh, they're talking through the whole thing with this sort of, there might be another one of these. We don't know yet. Because, you know, it's very early in the pro. They, they record those very early in the pro. You know, like, okay, well, before, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. before the film got, like, actually, like, to the theater, they had recorded this. So they yeah, didn't exactly. know that this was going to be what it was. Because there's a point where she was like, oh, it would be great if this set still existed somewhere. And the producer guy, who almost never talks, speaks up. It's like, oh, we've got it. <laughs> I was like, the desert still exists. Okay. Well, that whole interior of the, the main headquarters is all mm-hmm. sets. Like, you mean that Uncle it, Jeb's wondrous mystery cave yeah, exactly. of caverns and everything you could possibly ever want? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And so, like, all those sets were at that point in a warehouse somewhere being saved in case oh, they, they were crossing their fingers. Were needed again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you get the feeling Stephanie Meyer doesn't think that's likely to happen at that point, but Bruce is like, well, I gotta, that, 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 that's my department. I'm paying rental on a storage space somewhere, you know, just in case. So, uh, moving forward, so she gets, they surround her, she uh, jumps out a window rather than be captured and breaks. Nor is it barely a bone not broken, nor organ ruptured. I cannot tell you why she is not dead, says the doctor. Um, uh, I believe they're I, a healer. She, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I'm sorry, healer. Thank she you. had already been overtaken when she jumps out the window, because, I think, because she, Mel, and who is later revealed to be Wanda, are arguing and she sort of no 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 that, that's a later window thing okay yeah. well, there's is, two uh, windows okay that's, that's, got it. that's her jumping into a pool this is her just trying to kill herself right yeah. she which is weird because over by them i guess right normally you would say she has such an incredible will to live it's like yeah. this person who just committed suicide had an incredible will to live yeah that's confusing that's but it's like why she was in that building but yeah and they actually say this one wants to live and it's like i guess she wants to live on her own terms crazy right i mean with all my bones broken is the only way i want to live so yeah, then as we described, they put the uh, thing into her body. They use their healer spray. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, they, they, yeah, they use it to, to, to seal it up again once they put it in. And you notice, oh, and the way that everybody is marked is because they have these like weird blowy blue eyes. And this is where I had a thought, which is that there are certain certain genres, really subgenres, where they're all based on who your original star is. So I think in a way, like the blue eye look, it sort of makes everybody look kind of like Saoirse Ronan already looks. Like they cast, like she already looks a little alien to me, anyway, a little unworld, otherworldly. Yes. Yeah, interesting. And they're sort of trying to give everybody the same one. I mean, it's and at the time, even though I didn't know Andrew Nicole directed both this and Gattaca, I was thinking like Gattaca <laughs> is kind of like, what if there was a world in which everybody kind of looked like Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, and um, Jude Law. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is. It's like the world of symmetrical people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but this is quite the team up. You know, you have you have you have Andrew Nichol, director of dark sci-fi film Gattaca, yeah. and Stephanie Meyer, the creator author of sparkly vampire movies and teen <laughs> angst, brought together in the host. Yeah, it's true. And he's made other movies that are kind of like that too. But I mean, also sort of like you know every subsequent vampire kind of is Bella Lugosi all over again or except in Interview with a Vampire where they're kind of trying to give all of them sort of a Brad Pittish quality because Brad Pitt's the main one or like all Vulcans are kind of uh, Leonard Nimoy all over again you know like in some mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. like sometimes it's because of the way he was made up but sometimes it's just like oh they should have thick eyebrows so they all are mm-hmm. Saoirse Ronan <laughs> uh, yeah in a way yeah they're Saoirse Ronanized and then they start talking to the alien within her and she like you know takes her a moment to acclimate to human speech and uh, you know, like you have lived many lives on many worlds, you must have a name. <laughs> it's like that is so <laughs> odd. Like, how do you know this about her? And yet, like, she didn't come you don't with, know like, there yet. <laughs> no instructions. <laughs> <laughs> you got a bio, but name just question mark. Maybe they like pick a new name every time they come to a new world. Maybe I don't know. But if you came, like, from... call me Wanderer. I like the way it sounds in English. Wanderer. Well, didn't they? <laughs> I thought 
when they were talking to her, they used the word wonder several times. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how she's able to judge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that sounds cool in this yeah, language. So, yeah, so call me that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you'd, be, you'd be better than some other alien language, maybe. Was, like, it, was, it felt almost like they were telling her her name. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in Dune where they're determined to for him for his name to be Mwadib. It's like, it could be anything you want. Right. Like, <laughs> okay, what do you call the, the shadow on the moon? Mwadib. <laughs> what do you call the, the mouse that jumps? That's Mwadib. <laughs> you can choose anything you want. It's I guess I'll choose Mwadib. All right. Hey, we already have it in the How about the sandwich, Mwadib? <laughs> Wanderer, cool. They also were playing the 50s song, The Wanderer, in her pod while she was Yeah, I had no choice but to pick it. I think I'd get around. Yeah. We know you've been flying through space and you've only been in this body for two seconds, but <laughs> what about a name? Let's see. So we have Healer and Wanderer, and we also have Seeker. Who at first I thought was her personal name, but it turns yes, out that there's, there's it's a, a whole of people it's a whole occupational first. division. Mm-hmm. Who's saying they're played by Diane Kruger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, love her. I love her. She hasn't been in a lot of stuff. I always mm-hmm. think of her. She's in my favorite part of like the middle part of Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. She's the German actress spy. She's really mm-hmm. good in that. So we get a little bit of the tension between her and Healer specifically, but eventually her and the entire rest of Soul Society, which is like, when will she be able to work? He's like, not now. <laughs> Why are you even here? Yeah. She's like, well, of course not. I didn't mean now. It's like sort of like if your supervisor comes up while you're talking to somebody. It's like, you know, when you have a chance, you know, not right now, but like when you have a chance, maybe you could work on this thing. I went to college with that healer. <laughs> oh, really? For real, yeah. Marcus, Marcus Lyle Brown, yeah. Who I'm not sure you ever see him again. No, you don't. But she apparently has some emotional attachment to him. Yeah, he goes to Fort Worth because she was like, right, right. But but before he went to Fort Worth, they must have had a moment or something where she decided that he'd be willing to betray Soul Society for her. Oh, by the way, they're called the Souls. The Souls. Something we can talk about later. Yeah. They call themselves that. So she's off by her own in a... Fancy apartment? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, by the... Fancy but minimalist, you know, very tasteful, like, uh, apartment. Your first glimpse of, like the economic in- unreality of this whole thing. Okay, so they've taken over, and now everyone gets this luxury-looking apartment that's <laughs> overlooking the city. But it's extremely and... science fiction. It's uh, luxury, but cement floors and walls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, let's be clear. Humans are not supposed to enjoy living in this yeah. space at all. Luxury, but Spartan. Minimalist, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a cool dichotomy as you go through this of like the soul, like this the stainless steel, we all wear white, or we all mm-hmm. wear this color type stuff. And then when you get later to seeing the humans where they're all wearing the... Your 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 Circe Ronan browns and oranges. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. I thought it was interesting. They also put her randomly in a satin nightgown. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Standard Which, issue. <laughs> what? You think that it would be something more practical, like white pajama bottoms and tops? You know. Yeah, which it's you know. funny because yeah, it is kind of. You know, she's one of the few actresses that didn't have her designated sexy role, you right, know, like right. early on. And she's like still 16, I think, when this was being made. She's 19 when this was being made. Oh, really? She was very young, yeah. I mean, when oh, I... said 16 in the commentary. Did it? I thought it said 19. Everything I read. Maybe it was oh, 19 okay. when she was released, but 16 when it was filmed. Right, yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, it, this probably had a lot of post-production, but... Uh... <laughs> You gotta, those eyes don't make themselves blue. When I capture an unwilling human body to do my bidding and all my work for me, I want it dressed for work. You know what, <laughs> what kind of work is she going to be doing in this satellite gown? Wonder is sort of a euphemism. <laughs> Wonder from bed to bed. So she looks in the mirror, and then we get our first Melanie voice talking to her, just telling her everything's bad. And she seems... Uh, alarmed by this but she doesn't immediately tell anyone 
just that our first sign that Wanderer might not be your ordinary run-in-the-mill soul that she right. doesn't immediately report. I'm still yeah. hearing the voice of the person whose body I'm right, having. Right, right. And then eventually it's work time, so she has to see Seeker again, who's like, the body you inhabit is tied to the human... I don't know if they call it underground or resistance or just the resistance. Human... They kept calling it the resistance. That's true. Mm-hmm. And, and they I was just like they don't really seem to be resisting. They just seem to be existing. <laughs> yeah. Like... The human existence. And they sometimes will just call them the humans. Right. The humans. Which is something that I steer clear of in immunities. We can talk about that later. But yeah, whenever they say humans, they mean humans who haven't been linked yet. So Dan Kruger sort of lays out the situation as to how important this girl was and leaves it for Wanderer to say, oh, should I try to locate her memories? And Zion's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we want to do. That's what we want. But it's also very sort of economical in how the scripting goes. Because so she throws out a couple lines that are like, like the uh, most humans fade away in time type of thing. So right. there's like very choice language of like most and, and those mm-hmm. sorts of things hinting that not all of them go away. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this, yeah, the, overall the script was very like, very few throwaway lines. Like anything that's said is going to come back somewhere. Yeah. Right, right. And the voice in her head keeps trying to tell her to not tell them stuff, and she'll sort of hesitate and then tell them the stuff anyway. Like, her name is Melanie Strider, her brother is Jamie Strider, he's still out there somewhere, etc., etc. And then I think she says their boyfriend's name is Jared, and then Diane Kruger's like, oh, let's go run that through a computer look on her face. Like, <laughs> we now have the resistance. <laughs> Wait, is it Jared from Subway? <laughs> <laughs> Note, he may have lost weight since this photo. <laughs> And we get a somewhat alarming flashback, I think, of her. She's, like, doing the post-apocalyptic stealing food from a house type thing. Right, right. And this guy comes up behind her. It was a giant mansion that she stole the food from. And this guy comes up behind her and grabs her, and he's like, one sound and you die. And she's like, I'd rather die. He's like, you're human. And then kisses her. And That's first right. Like, I was like, is this like some sex game they played? It's like, nope, this is them meeting for the very first time. I have to say, I did not approve of that move, Jared. Yeah, yeah. Did not approve. And then she gives him what, uh, what uh, apparently she refers to as the Dublin kiss, which is uh, headbutts him <laughs> in the mouth. And then she punched him. She was, she was supposed to punch him, but she decided to do that instead. <laughs> which apparently gave him a, an actual fat lip, but the... Uh, but she apparently thought that, you know, there needed to be a big reaction in order to make the rest of that scene work. An but, yeah. appropriate punishment for mild assault. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, he's really lonely, I guess, or something. Because he doesn't think that anybody else is left at mm-hmm. all. Well, this is like one of these sort of like inappropriate messages, I think, like, because like, if this film's targeted like 13-year-old girls. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Especially you know, for the first guy, guy to be yeah, go ahead. with. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got a daughter, yeah, like, who's who's seven. It's not exactly the image I want her to start seeing. <laughs> and he's like, I haven't seen anyone for a while. And she's like, I guess you haven't been kissed in a while either. And, mm-hmm. But it seems insufficient. Yeah, it seems like he mm-hmm. needs a much bigger, like, penalty period for, <laughs> yep. for that. Well, he has the whole, like, permission culture thing happen later. Oh, like, yeah. where there's the scene later that happens where he, he tries to redeem himself. Like, even if we were the last two, I still, you know, would wait to want to maybe possibly kiss you, get permission first. Yes, please. But that, that comes later. Yeah, and not much later, though, because we get a, sort of a chain of flashbacks. Yeah, the two of them on an out- outdoor couch somewhere, or bench, mm. or something, and they're having a definite, she kind of wants to do more, and and that's when in the commentary Terry the track they mentioned she's 16 and he's 24, I guess. And the actors or the characters? The actors. Okay. The, in the book, it's about equivalent. Um, Jamie is making a face into her microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, it's all really icky. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they do become lovers, I guess. They, in fact, they must, because we see the later, like, much later, the whole her in her brow with the sheet around her waist and him with the, mm-hmm. the sheet, like, showing, like, right. the whole side of his body <laughs> like, with yeah, the ladies yeah, yeah. type thing. 
near nudity one review they, 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 they had just come in from the pool and swimming it was cold they got under the blanket yep which that was kind of interesting to me because one thing i'll bring in is that twilight series one reason that it caught on is because it got picked up a little bit weirdly by the religious right as like an acceptable horror thing because the message of it is supposed to be true love waits sort of thing you never do anything until they're married mm-hmm. bella and edward and uh, these two don't, though. But as they say, they might get taken at any moment. So, so that was the flaw They're in this whole the film. They didn't yeah. wait. This thing would have taken off like a rocket had they just... Also, who's going to marry them? Like, Janie? <laughs> <laughs> so they apparently went around as a, th- as a trio for a while with her. With him teaching Jamie to punch while she did laundry. and uh, mm-hmm. Which Stephanie Meyer actually objected to when she saw that. And uh, doing some swing dancing and stuff like that all while hitting... Yeah, for her Uncle Jeb's place. We see Uncle Jeb for just a second, but we don't know anything about it. Were they, like, just staying in that same trailer, though? They weren't really headed anywhere for a while. That's that's the vibe I got. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were just, like, settled Mm -hmm. at that place, and then for some reason they left and decided to go to Uncle Jeb's place. I felt like they lived in that trailer forever. It looked like they would stay in the trailer for a while. Yeah, it could be. Mm -hmm. It looked like they settle in a spot, like, before, like, when there's the flashback to the dad, and the dad, instead of, like, trying to fight off the Seekers, he just... Oh, right. There's the insinuation that he just kills himself. Right. Um, And the wife, right? Yeah. 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 Leaves, yeah, leaves the kids to go fend for themselves. Right, right. You know... Oh, that's right, hiding under the pier. Yeah, they were out swimming. Mm -hmm. As one does in the swamp with alligators. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Louisiana-ness of this movie is somewhat questionable. Like, yes. she's supposedly from Louisiana. Her, like, but the melody voice in her head. not at all. The accent, like, okay. comes and goes. Yeah. Occasionally it's there, yes. But yeah. it's not even the right accent for Louisiana. That's oh, okay. like, what, Mississippi, Georgia, Tennessee, they sort of have that southern accent. <laughs> Louisiana, that part of Louisiana, South Swampy, Louisiana has a very distinctive accent that was not what she was doing sometimes. I mean, it's, overall, it's like, okay, it's like Diane Kruger, she's German. You've got <laughs> Sir Sharon, who's Irish. You've got Jeremy Irons' son. He, I'm assuming he's English-Irish. The other yeah. dude is Canadian. The other dude's Canadian. Aren't there any American actors who can get, like, taken over in an invasion movie? Yeah. yeah. We don't look symmetrical. Yeah, that's what it is. William Hurt's the American actor yeah. in this, and therefore okay. cannot be taken. So, Wanderer wakes up out of these whole things, and it's like, you know, these humans have unusually strong physical drives. You know, so she's getting... <laughs> She's having her inner fanfic playing back for her when she sleeps. Oh, but you forget. Yeah, she also draws the picture of the, yeah, uh, the boyfriend. She's gained she, the superpower of drawing. Oh, right. She just out of her, just yes. her head. Yeah, she draws this line of mountains that supposedly, like, what oh, they're no, supposed to look for. That. First is the boyfriend. The like, boyfriend. With the, she draws like, the boyfriend's portrait. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Oh, oh yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like detailed, whole page <laughs> photo mm-hmm. of him that she hand draws while she's sitting there. At the really? table. I don't remember mm-hmm. that at all. I wonder if that's just not in the version that I and, saw. Because yeah, you guys all saw the streaming version, I assume, right? No, I checked mine out from the library because oh, I'm a dork. Yeah, I, I, I gave, and an honest person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I gave Amazon their $4 or whatever it was. <laughs> but she does eventually draw uh, a thing of this line of mountains that supposedly is to lead them back yes. to the uncle's hideout. And... Which just looks like a random line drawing. I thought it was a city skyline at first. Or a stock market report. Yeah. And Melody tells her to throw it away, and she does, which I, I think is the first she time she tear it up too? or something Melody tells her. What? She, she tears did. it up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I... Because, and, uh, yeah, it's in pieces when Diane Kruger finds mm-hmm. it later and... Small note, she has to put it in her pocket because there's no trash can. Because <laughs> because whatever year this is, they're just beyond objects at this point. Yeah. They just need one flat We're surface. Paperless. Yeah. So that's whenever you click the little paperless button with your bank, you're taking us one step closer to alien invasion. Just so you know. I'm not convinced those pants even had pockets. It may have been a waistband. <laughs> they, you know. Well, that's nothing new for like women's pants. Yep. Yes. Very impractical. 
so Seekers tries to get more and more information from her and gets less and less, you know, partially because she has less and less to tell and partially because she's holding stuff back and wonders, like, whether you pity them. And she's like, don't you? And it's like, no, they were bad. Mistreated the planet, so we took it away from them. But then resumed their normal activities of mistreating the planet. Right, right. So at some point, Seeker is saying, well, I'm confident that we're going to find them and take them. And Wanderer just loses control completely and starts trying to choke her. And Seeker takes her down real fast, like a professional, like boom, 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 spray in the face. I think, I think there's like, it's like, we've got a lead on Jared. And she's like, no! And then, like, jumps oh, that's her. right. That's yeah. Jumps her. Yeah. And so she wakes up and they take her for her service, but they're going to move her into another body that will be more compliant and move somebody else into hers. And then eventually... Uh... It's going to be Diane Kruger, right. Seeker. The Seeker. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. She herself. Seeker who doesn't get a name. She's just Seeker. And everything's great. And, uh, and well, she's like, that's my healer. That's why we find out the healer's in... They're not going to do it immediately, though. Mm-hmm. They're going to give her 24 hours before they do this. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <laughs> so that the plot can continue. In case you wanted to try on that... In case you wanted to try on that... Uh... Negligee one more time. There's no reason we couldn't do it right now. <laughs> but we're gonna wait. Maybe her Try other not he- to escape while we're while we're waiting. Maybe her new healer has a waiting list or something. Yeah, know, right? Socialized medicine. Uh, yes, yeah, they so, sent the healer away to forward. Yeah, yeah, they and for some reason she thinks the healer would be able to step in and stop this, but he's not. So I assume he's like a bigger character in the book, maybe. Perhaps, but at the same time, it's like, why do they really need these healers? If all you really need is like this little spray can yeah, to like true. heal yeah, anything, yeah, and anyone can pretty much it. hit the button. Yeah, the other what kind of profession is this healer? <laughs> Otherwise, people just use it for everything. <laughs> so they... gingivitis sprayed in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Athletes, but sprayed on your foot. <laughs> so they leave her on her own, and then Melanie, like in way that I thought was like nothing so much as Morpheus and. Neo in the Matrix starts talking her through like how you escape from a situation. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Especially since she has to go out onto a ledge, much like Neo does. Well, first we have first a chair. Of, yes. first oh, yeah. Put the a chair against the door and she puts it the wrong way. Because yeah. mm-hmm. she comes around. from a nonviolent society. But the thing's like, she, she, she already knows all these like human cues and human right. things and stuff, but why wouldn't you get like put the chair against the door the right way? Right. <laughs> yeah, why would. It, it, just looking at the chair, you think you would be able to figure it out, even if you don't have any chair experience. Chair, chair, chair door blocking experience. <laughs> just, yeah, even if it was, if you're not thinking about the knob thing, it's just going to be more stable, you know, that yeah, that way. Mm-hmm. So she uh, jumps into a uh, pool of water. Right. Which is well, she says, I can't, I can't do it. And she's like, but I can, Melanie says. Oh, yeah, she's like, and, boom, boom, and, she's, got, and she's jumped the three stories. Right. And she's like, yeah, I'm... Past master jumping out of windows. <laughs> this is easy compared to the concrete I hit last time. And then uh, she comes across a guard who's dressed like the seekers we see later are, but he seems not terribly aggressive about being a seeker. Which makes you wonder why they have guards. Yeah, they're yeah. all not violent. What are the right. guards there for? Guards for? Maybe yeah. just to make sure, you know, in case somebody falls, that they get medical attention. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, wanderer. And then she takes his own spray can from him and sprays him with it. Right. But then leaves it. She doesn't take it with her. Oh, of course not. She's in a movie. <laughs> Use, leave all useful things behind. Right, and then Melanie has some sort of idea about like how they're going to get acquire a car, but Wonder is like, well, we could just ask a guy for a car. Yeah, so she me, just stops the guy. This. I need this car, it's important. He's like, oh, okay, this is a very reliable model. It's a very lovely blue Volvo. <laughs> the gas tank is full. And then she just drives away while he's going, the gas tank is full. Yes. And I love that, that performance. Just he's so 
befuddled. He's like, oh, I guess I guess that was something. Oh, he was great. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, if you could just do that with him, why didn't she like just tell the guard, oh, I was just going for a swim? Yeah. And he just believed her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose the aliens can't lie. So Melanie would have to get those words out of her mouth. Oh, that's true. In order for that to happen. Ah, Which she does later, and it's very different. So the car scene to me was giving me the exposition that these alien alien people can't lie at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So then they definitely believe a lie. But then also it explains why, when they're at their secret resistance lair... How she converses with the other characters. Oh, yeah. I'll leave that to you for later. And these to a lot of her just not being able to say anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. She gives her that advice. If you can't lie, don't say anything. And so she spends a lot of time not saying anything. Oh, right. And and, and she builds the ability. Like, spoiler, she builds the ability later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which, yeah, it reminds me a little bit. I don't know if any of you have seen the Ricky Gervais movie, The Invention of Lying. Which, it takes place in this world where nobody's ever lied. And he suddenly... Has the, the power to lie. Yeah, he has a mutation, basically, and he's able to lie. And he's, for a while, he just goes, he starts testing it out. And because he's, no one's ever lied, he doesn't realize how vulnerable society is to that. But he goes up to a woman and just says, unless we have sex in the next 10 minutes, the world is going to end. She, she like, just grabs him by the hand. And, <laughs> and then before they consummate, he, like, just picks up the phone. And he's like, oh, okay, uh, turns out we don't have to. She's like, all right. <laughs> But I feel really, do you want to have a drink or something? I feel like we really have bonded with this experience. He's like, no, no, I just have to go and think about this. And he, he basically invents the concept of God. It becomes a whole anti-religion thing. Um, Lying is God, I see. Yep, yep. Because basically somebody's dying and he's like, well, you're going to go to this really nice place. <laughs> anyway, so that's what that reminded me of. So uh, so anyway, she's in the car. They, they go road tripping. She's like, we need a map. And Melanie's like, oh, I can just... I can just take us where we're going. And so supposedly they're going to Fort Worth to find her healer. Because right. her healer will supposedly help the situation. I don't know how. Because like what they want is a negative. They want her not moved to another body. Right. I don't know how the healer is going to not move her to it. Mm-hmm. It's just very crazy. So eventually... They, desert. Yeah, they get, start driving off into the desert. They right. drive into yeah. the desert and then because she realizes the at some point... the desert is next to the swamps. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're heading for Texas, I guess. That but she said that she tricked her. Like, Melanie did. Well, yeah, they, they, they figure out, and she figures out at some point that they're going the wrong way to go get to Fort Worth. And she's like, you tricked me. And she's like, ah, ha, ha, I did. And then she pulls a U-turn at, like, you know, highway speed. They, fight, they like, fight for the steering wheel. They fight for the steering wheel. Oh, right, right. They fight back and forth. It's one of those, like, you know, Melanie has a moment of, like, slight control. Right, right. And they end up flipping the car over four times. Thankfully, it's a bull <laughs> Apparently, the actual car flipped five times, <laughs> and they cut one because they're like, no one's going to believe that somebody survived that. Wow. I mean, I was, I was like a little suspicious when Saoirse comes out and she's fine, but I'll be real with you, I like these movies and I don't watch them for plausibility. Okay. <laughs> I watch them for kissing. Like, oh, this film has plenty of kissing. Yeah. Kissing is very important. And she says, Seeker was right. You are an unreasonable species. I was trying to help you. And this is what you do. So they get the two of them really uh, getting to know each other over the course of this walk. And like, you know, not in a... In the desert. In heels. <laughs> All I could think was that those yes, shoes are not heels. made for walking in the desert. That's With true. like one, one little bottle of water. Right, right. Which she says to save and immediately chugs. Drinks, chugs it. Yeah, it's in little tiny little half bottles. Those little ones like they give you on the airplane. Mm-hmm. It's Which, not even a proper bottle of water. That's another one where we could fill out our bingo card on. It's like, you know, high heel related stuff. Like, right. in, in the invasion, yep. Nicole keeps her high heels on the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, as I said before, it's like, have you seen the ground? It's gross. 
<laughs> but she's just showing off, and then like these aliens supposed to be practical people. Like, why was she, why did they have those shoes in there? <laughs> Interesting. Like, because that's part of making a more perfect world. <laughs> to make the world as it is. <laughs> we have flats in the modern world. <laughs> yep. I wear them every day. But I, I mean, I will say that like she's wearing heels. She's going on this crazy hike in the desert, no water. When she arrives, she does not look fresh as a daisy. No, that's a huge complaint for me. All scabby mm-hmm. from the sun, which an Irish person's skin probably yeah. would be without sunblock. She looks it is like true. she's. I get, I, get, I get burned on a foggy day. <laughs> yeah, when when yeah, when Nico Charlize Theron in, in Monster with it, yeah, like, yeah. it's just really it's peely, gross. Yeah, but it goes away very fast. It does. They, you know. Well, we have... don't know how much time is passing in various points. They probably have some balm in the um, yeah the compound. Yeah. They may not. They may not have any like other medical things. Right. but They have balm for right. for skin. Well, and meanwhile, there's no sun. So meanwhile, mm-hmm. Seeker has put the drawing back together. Maybe that spray also works for that. Like you can just like, put pieces <laughs> of paper together. Spray, 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 spray. Hey, it's all pieces of paper back together. <laughs> It would have been a great scene with just like scotch tape, but they're like sitting there putting the pieces together. It just doesn't seem the soul culture at all yep. to, to have it all together with scotch tape. And she says out loud, you know, even though there's nobody there, did you think you could beat me? Which is the you know one of the early signs that she's like she's got a personal vendetta against this. Yeah, exactly. Right she's a little obsessed and uh, drives down all by herself, like really, really fast, and then finds. Wait, the wait, next wait! Guy. No, first she takes that drawing and she goes to like a computer oh, yeah, screen yeah, yeah. and just starts yeah. flipping through, and eventually somehow finds a picture of that mountain range somewhere else on a computer and is able to put two and two together. Maybe Google reverse image search, you know, like yeah. it's perfected in the, in the mm-hmm. bar. Yeah, it could take a squiggle line across a piece of paper. And <laughs> yeah, go. This, this, this is, is the small... only thing that matches it. The only thing. Mm-hmm. I think Magic... a supreme alien takeover would keep Google around. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, it's probably stage one of the alien. <laughs> I was going to say Google <laughs> Land at the Google Plex. <laughs> we need this data. <laughs> I, 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 there, oh, this is a side note that has nothing to do with this film, but every time, you know, now that we have like the earbuds, that everyone has that just uh, goes straight into your ear and all I can think of is that episode of Doctor Who where the Cybermen take over the world turn all the humans into Cybermen with the earbuds oh, gotcha. and I was like that's Google and earbuds <laughs> are like the start of the next alien invasion sure so she winds up in this very picturesque spot underneath the one tree in the entire desert right Mm-hmm. Which I guess, and apparently that spot really exists. They didn't dress that up and on, you know. And she's like, "Well, at least my Irish skin isn't being burned off of me, right?" When I'm sitting right here, but she's completely unconscious and probably dying. And uh, William Hurt and a bunch of survivalist-looking dudes find her, and he's happy to see her until her eyes open, and then he's very puzzled and concerned. Yeah, I believe it's she's, Ian. She's very long lost Nisi though about it. Like, oh yeah, she's, like, acting, she's actually acting completely like Melanie in a way that she doesn't like. In most of it, which I guess makes sense. The Wanderer has probably given up at this point. Well, yeah, there's that, but it seems like Melly's been like drip feeding her visions and memories. Oh and yeah, those definitely. Things. So she thinks slowly of him corrupting as... her brain. Right, right. It's sort of like you think of soap opera characters as friends of yours or something like that. Mm-hmm. Nobody really says anything. William Hurt goes quiet, and then Ian, uh, which is hunky boy number two. He's, uh, he's blonde, blonde boy number one in my head because there's the two blonde boys. Right. I kept getting the two confused. brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they're they're brothers. Okay, that helps. Ian and Kyle. I had, Kyle and Ian. I had a serious case of I can't tell white people apart. I know. <laughs> like, those guys, like I watching mean. it the second time, even the third time, I got it. But the second time, even especially since like they go back and forth as to which one wants to kill her at any given moment right. between mm-hmm. the three of them, I was like, it was like watching Dunkirk all over again. It's like <laughs> these 
people <laughs> are just all one white or, face or, to me. Or that very first like couple episodes of like Game of Thrones where you couldn't tell any of the oh, Starks yeah, 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 apart. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like a shower scene in Game dark of Thrones, hair yeah. with dark beard. Okay, you're one of the Starks. <laughs> Don't know which one. John, Rob, who knows? Yeah, but yeah, they, they really needed to sit someone down at some point in time and go, okay, you got Jared, Jeb, Jamie, blonde boy, blonde boy, blonde boy. <laughs> and I couldn't tell you. Know, it's like so much I've just been, can we at least differentiate a little bit here on some of these names? Yeah, because like at least in Twilight, like for all its flaws, you never mistake Edward for Jacob. They are completely different types of people in every way. They're also clean-shaven, too, for survivalists. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, they've got... Well, uh, they have to, like, infiltrate the Soul that's Society true, on the right, so... And they're living in Uncle Jeb's cave of magical wonders. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they probably build their own razors from scratch. And he lets her drink from his canteen, and then I think it's Ian who's like, why did you give it water? And he says, because it was thirsty, which is an interesting... That's his whole philosophy right there. Mm-hmm. And then Ian's got like a long, I don't, is that a machete? It seemed too long to be a machete. It was just. It did look like a big giant machete of something. Yeah. <laughs> it was like halfway between a machete and those things that the orcs use in Lord of the Rings. That sort of like. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, I'll take care of this. <laughs> like, and he's like, no, 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 we're going to take her with him. Uh, which ties into something later. Because when he said they were going to take her in. Yeah, take her to dock or something. Take her to yeah, dock. Yeah, yeah. Somebody says, oh, Again, that's on, another that's on, non-throwaway line. Yeah, I say, that's unkind. And I thought, I was wondering, is that that's unkind because everybody's going to see her, you know, and think about her. It's like, no, that's unkind because Doc's going to have to, like, perform that operation on somebody he knew. Probably. Unkind for Doc, you mean? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But we don't know exactly what they mean by that for a long, long time. But she sees her Aunt Meg and says, like, Aunt Meg! And then just gets smacked to the ground. And uh, Mm -hmm. Aunt Meg, by the way, is Jebediah's sister, I found out. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're not like a couple. They're no. like their brother well, sister. No. They are. They, well, they, they, are seem, they are in Louisiana. They, so. they seem to be from out in the boondocks. Oh, <laughs> but Jebediah and Magnolia apparently are she, there. She does refer to him as her brother. Oh, does she? Oh, okay, I missed that. Initial, okay. At the very initial meeting, when they're talking about why did you bring her back, brother, or something like that. Ah. I thought she just spent that year at the black I thought they were married. We were talking about them being married. I was like, but there were they maybe in this world they just call each other brother and sister. Well, they, yeah, I guess. They could be shakers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> could be. But, yeah. Which, that's a whole thing. There's a, there's a whole interestingly conservative thing about this whole thing, I find. That there's sort of a sense that the souls are kind of like blue staters and the resistance are sort of like <laughs> yes. red staters. Well, I did like this section of the movie because it's a very, it's a very solid body snatching trope. Whereas uh, Monster is looks exactly like your loved one. So it's really hard to see them like that. And that's why Aunt Meg slaps the shit out of her. But then they debate over how to treat them. And two of the guys, I don't know if it was two blondes or one blonde, one brunette. I don't, I don't know. Somebody 5'10 said to them. (laughs) With symmetrical features. Yep. A symmetrical boy who's 5'10 said, um, they were talking, it's not human. And then the other 5'10 boy said, so does that mean we stop acting like humans? Yeah. Super deep. I liked that line. Mm -hmm. I think that the movie actually does pick up in quality quite a bit as, as soon as they yeah you know, they take her to this cave this cave complex and this, mm-hmm. again, they're kind of hitting that next thing. act or next phase of this yeah yeah exactly I think everything in that complex is better you know, like yeah. now we, we're not having to build as much and uh, but I still don't think it was that well thought out you know as, as like you have over in the first world like how does this all work where they all live in these sterile apartments and concrete mm-hmm. floors or is this magical cave of whateverness seems really cool but how the heck did this actually happen (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah inside the cave it's solar powered and they grow 
grain in like this mm-hmm. one chamber that the wa- that the <laughs> sunbeams get deflected into. My and mirrors, they, yeah. And there's volcanically warmed water that provides this probably another power source and. Well, yeah, there's the scene where he's walking her through, and it's like, yeah, he's like, okay, don't fall in that water because you'll get washed away. I'm like, okay, check. Someone's going in the yep, water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sitting on top of an extinct volcano. Well, wait, not that extinct volcano. I was like, oh, great, this thing's going to erupt at some point. Yep. But that, that was my one thing that never happened. I guess the volcano was in their soul. That was so they that, were fighting that. Oh, there we go. That would be for mm-hmm. book three. Okay, book three. <laughs> they, you go from Tolkien. You don't, you don't get to the volcano until book three. Okay. I'm waiting. <laughs> See, we get. And, one thing that's interesting about this film is there's a lot of stuff told through intercutting. We get little bits of the flashbacks intercut with her having her debriefings, and then we have intercuts of her being introduced to the uh, cave society with the seekers looking for for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they never stay on either of them very long, and I found that kind of interesting. I like that the other seekers seem like they're kind of having fun with the search. Like, one of them's like, this wanderer is living up to her name. Whereas Seeker 1, you know, Diane Kruger's Seeker is not amused by anything. The attitude of the rest of the Seekers are, we won. It's over. You know, <laughs> Who cares about I'm just a Seeker because I like driving around yeah. in a silver yeah. car and, like, you know, I'm addicted to knockout juice, you know. But the, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, like, the humans that remain, it seems like if they would just leave them alone, no one would ever get killed. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not true. People get shot was because they're, like... A... The humans have been kidnapping people, which we don't know well, That yet. is true. They have been kidnapping mm-hmm. people. Yeah. In that way, yes. That's true. That's, I guess that's their resistance moment. We have a, a discussion between Melanie and Wanderer. I think one reason the movie gets better from this point is because we have less and less of the scenes where it's just her talking to herself, because there's only so much you can do with that. And her attempt to make her regular voice and her inner voice different, it causes her to sound kind of like a parody of a Southerner. Like, yeah, you know. and everything and everything that Wanderer has to say, she says out loud, like in front of other people. Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But she can't just say it to herself <laughs> right. in her head. But then the stuff we were talking about before, where it's like, you know, no, you can't tell them that I'm here because they'll think that you're lying. She's like, but I can't lie. Well, then just don't say anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. But at first, like before she gets to that part, there's like she's living in that rock cave room with the rock bed and they're guarding right, her. Right, right. And uh-huh. along comes blonde boy number one, not blonde boy number two. <laughs> and blonde boy number one, like they, they get in a fight with the, the boyfriend from before Jared, the, not as blonde boy, right. Jeremy Iron's son. Correct. Yes. Yes. And 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 she's like throws herself between him and the, Jeremy Iron's son yeah, and blonde let's, boy. Let's, let's back this up. So yeah, the, this little goon squad comes to try to just ace her to, to simplify they, everything. They took a vote. <laughs> <laughs> we took a vote and you die. And uh, her former boyfriend tries to defend just because that's his orders, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, because he's outside. He's a guarding the room. At yeah, exactly. And they overpower him, and then she tries to like stop them from beating him up. And then William Hurt breaks it all up with a with a shotgun blast to the ceiling type thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, this is not a cheerocracy. This is a cheer tatorship. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the benign one at that. Yes. <laughs> benign one. Oh, this podcast is over. You won. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, no, she stays here. So you've got blonde boy number one who's trying mm-hmm. to kill her. So who, 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 so you have boy number one who immediately kisses her upon meeting her. And now you have boy That's number Jared. two who, yeah, Jared. <laughs> yep. J- <laughs> and then boy number two, I think it's, is it Ian or Kyle? Ian, Which he's Ian. Number two, what does he do? The one, that, the one that chokes her is Ian. Yes. Because yes. Then, yeah. Because later she's like, when we first met, you tried to kill me and now you want to kiss me or something. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you all look the same. Yeah. Like I said, this is horrible imagery for young girls to be yeah, thinking about. This is how your relationship should be evolving. They either will kiss you or try to hurt you right, right. right off the bat. I, mean, I do it's like really the, uh, accurate, though. Some might say it's a documentary. Yeah, exactly. 
I do like the bromant that comes like a little after this. I think it's like they're all up with their uh, binoculars watching the Seekers fan out and looking for Wanderer. I think it's one of the few times we get a conversation between Ian and Jared. Mm -hmm. Where Ian's like, you know, I was talking to Jake. He's still pissed you hit him. I told him you were sorry. Jared goes, I'm not. He's like, I know. No one's ever sorry that they hit my brother. nice little bit. Yeah. One, one of the things that hit me, and I'm like, here's my obscure movie reference, Bob. I want to make sure that I, like, I ended up with the same oh, obscure okay, movie yeah, reference. So we have William Hurt wearing that sort of fedora-y hat with a little bit of sort of scruffy beard. We're in sort of a sci-fi spot. We have a cave. It's all kind of brown and, and, and darkish and the rest of it. Apocalyptic type stuff's going on. The film that kept coming to my mind was Until the End of the Until World the... by Vim Vendors. Oh, wow. Yeah, I only thought of that as you were saying it, which... Mm -hmm. uh... I haven't seen that in a long time. No, movie. I know. I was like, and I tried to find it, like, and I can't find it streaming or anywhere. You can Have you looked at the library? <laughs> There's, like, a Criterion version of that, actually, or something <laughs> like that. Where It's got, like, three different, because there were, like, that's one of those films that had, like, a 90-minute version, a two-and-a-half-hour version, and a five-hour version. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, so if you check, you check your local library. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you can find that. Yeah. Until the End of the World. Vim Vendors, starring Max von Sydow. Yeah, it's... Sam Neill and... Sauvé Domacon. And mm -hmm. many, many cool people. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting, very wondery sort of movie. So that makes sense. Yeah. So I kept thinking of the village basically because he's the head of the the head of the village. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Though he doesn't talk old timey in this. Like, so he talks kind of kind of halfway between normal and, and old timey. I, I started sort of entertaining the thought, like, okay, because since like until the end of the world takes place in 1999, oh, maybe right. this is past that, and this is still the same. K. Max von Sydow is now passed on. And it turned out the Indian satellite that was crashing in that film oh, yeah. was like the the arrival of these. these <laughs> so I could, you know, somehow draw my thread through something that was. That would be great. I could talk all day about that movie, so I'm going to try to move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and then I just have a note here: identical hot guys fighting over her. I can't keep them straight. No one could keep them straight. <laughs> no one. No one needs to. Yeah, Jeb takes her on another further tour of the place. He's like, "Oh, I didn't find this place. This place found me. I fell through the roof." Which, of course, then that made me think of, like, 127 hours mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. But you apparently can do that. They're like, you know, just cave complexes, just the, like, you know, there's this little fissure in the ground that leads to this whole enormous place. But this enormous place had nice high ceilings for humans to walk around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, running water, right, right. the ability to get solar panels hooked up or whatever. And then the mirror complex that they had like was, like, the Reichstag roof in, like, right. Germany. And even though it's in the middle of the desert, you can still grow things inside this cave. Yes, the soil somehow is right. magically fertile in there. Uh, that's it. Well, it's volcanic. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's almost extinct. You can tell by how dark it is inside there. Like all the dark ash. The, the oh, yeah, yeah, it's true. Most places around a volcano have like the, the black sand or black dirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe there's also some, some guano from the bats right, to help right. fertilize the soil. So we start a large section of the film, which I, once again I think is kind of well constructed, where basically a bunch of the dudes are going off uh, on a supply mission to go off over the course of like a day steal some stuff and come back from from store store was awesome store yes loved it yep for <laughs> listeners the store is essentially something of a walmart except it's decorated more like an ikea so the front like of it is just oh yeah like a costco although with best buy colors they've got yes. the best buy blue and yellow and yeah. it's called store in that's the name of it. What has yes. to be the 300 point font, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's it. Think of, I don't know if anybody's seen the movie Repo Man from the early 80s. Oh, yes, yes. yes. It did, and all the cans all had that sort of like yellow label going across. Yeah, it. and they just say food. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently perfecting the earth was making everything generic. <laughs> you know what? I hate being bombarded with ads. If I could go to the grocery store and just seek the word corn, I would buy that one first, frankly. So they've, they've gone from like the to the Trader Joe's where you just now only have like two types of jelly to just, mm-hmm. it's just jelly. Yep. That's it's it. It's just jelly. It's easy. You're done. <laughs> no analysis paralysis. No so analysis. Uh, the guys all don sunglasses at night and head out. Um, Why is that not a trigger? <laughs> Why is it not a trigger for the seekers and the aliens? Well, There's people later. rolling well, around yeah, with sunglasses at night. Because this time it's daytime and they have sunglasses. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's it just, later. just in general. Because yeah. <laughs> none of the like... seekers are wearing sunglasses ever. Ever. I mean, the aliens they don't have... wear sunglasses. No. So. Oh, that's true. They're, maybe they never they're do. Alien eyes. That's true. The uh, it's much like in the other body snatcher films. I noted aliens never check their six, so they never know like if you're walking <gasps> behind them. But they also never notice that humans do check their six because <laughs> Nicole Kidman could be walking along and then she suddenly does a little whip around, and that never tips off the aliens as to what's going on. So maybe sunglasses. I like that too. They just never it just never occurs to them. Like they know that the world contains people with sunglasses, and it just never occurs to them that those are the humans. <laughs> Liam Hurt suggests she have a bath so she gets to bathe in warm volcano water, right. as we would all love to. Mm-hmm. Um, and she... then puts on different clothes that are also dirty. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, they have to have the juxtaposition. The aliens are always clean, and the human humans are always dirty. Yeah, it's just smelly dirty versus non-smelly they had dirty. Her like change dirty. out of her dirty clothes and take a bath, but then they gave her more dirty clothes, but different ones. Well, I mean, the cargo pants, so lots of pockets. They're, like, stained, but they're not, you know, filthy, you know, human built dirty. They could have picked some stuff up at the store. I know, <laughs> they got limited room in those vans. But yeah. No, they kept throwing things back there. <laughs> people. I, yep. People. I, I did like the people. line at the, at the end of the bath where he says, makes you, it makes you feel like a human being again, does it? Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're coming back by day, and the Seekers notice, and he actually says to, like, you know, there's Team A and Team B, and Ian, I guess, who's in charge, says to the Team B, or to Jared, I don't remember which one at this point, like, says, you know, to the Team B, no racing. Yeah, no speeding. No speeding. No speeding. Again, one of the non-throwaway lines, like, you yeah, said, exactly. every line in this film will be economically used at some later point. <laughs> right. And then you see them on the highway, and the helicopter notes that one of them is slowly pulling ahead of traffic. And they're like, he that's them. Slow down. And they do, like, a pretty cool helicopter stunt of, you know, like, the helicopter just hovering right in front of them at highway speed, you know, mm-hmm. to bring them to a stop. Mm-hmm. They do what any human would do, just shoot it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't drive at it, just shoot it. It was a bulletproof helicopter. Right, right, right. So right. they kept shooting at it. Yes. And <laughs> just like any human would do. <laughs> and it's a sort of cool thing, whereas you're cutting back and forth between her getting, like, more and more into this, like, idyllic cave community and, you know, seeing the wheat and it's all beautiful and golden and stuff like that. And meanwhile, the guys are shooting futilely at a silver helicopter while the other guys are having to just sort of sit there by the side of the road and hope nobody notices them. Mm-hmm. Oh, but someone notices them. dum 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 <laughs> Meanwhile, Jebediah is getting closer and closer to figuring out what Wander's whole pattern of what she says and what she talks about, what she doesn't talk about. You know, this whole thing, you know, it's like, you know, if she felt so much of a love and you had that love in your mind, brain, when stuff like that. And then she's and well, he, then, I think he reasons out like, OK, you've you found us. Right. And a whole bunch of seekers haven't like descended upon us immediately. Yeah. So, so you really weren't leading the seekers here. So why were you coming here? Because he's, he's something like he sees everything. He's, he's not crazy. He's, he's a, a genius. genius. He's a crazy genius. Which I think that would have worked better if, like, there'd been, like, some sort of setup that Uncle Jeb had been sort of a survivalist for decades and the whole rest of the family didn't want to associate with him or something like well, they, that. They, they hinted he had a cabin. 
Like, yeah. it has a cabin. <laughs> this apparently is the cabin. I know, it's a giant... <laughs> Massive cave. Oh, yeah, which that was one of the deleted yeah. scenes, is they actually find the cabin. Oh. And, like, the, the oh. ceiling is collapsed. Like, he hasn't been there in a oh, long time. Okay. Hmm. okay, so there is a cabin. Yeah, Does it yeah. look like a survivalist cabin? You see it very briefly in her flashback. Like, you see the exterior of it, and you don't see much more because the ceiling's caved in, so you have no idea, like, what used to be there. Yeah, there's also an additional scene under the tree where Wonder is, like, basically... I'm dying for no good reason. <laughs> you are a stupid human person. Yeah, so Jeb susses that thing out, yes. but then like also notices hiding in the tall grass of whatever grain this is that they're harvesting. Okay. Um, one of the Jay boys is in there, which, which it's not Jeb, it's not Jamie, Jared, it's Jamie. It's Jamie. Oh, yeah, the brother. True. Yes. Oh, right, the little brother's in the tall grass, and he's like totally... And she eventually like confesses, to, and Melanie gives her permission to like tell him that she's really there. And yeah, was, That's like, not very sweet. Because uh, Uncle Jeb is like, here, you guard her for a while and gives him the shotgun. Right. Mm. Meanwhile, Team B guys have deliberately Thelma and Louise themselves into a concrete embankment right. to like, you know. Well, so I they thought they were going to do it into questions. the gas truck. Like when they were like speeding up on oh, yeah, the traffic. Yeah, and the I was gas like, tank. oh, they have no choice but to kill themselves or they're going to get like taken over by these aliens. And so instead of running into the gas truck, they make a U-turn and then they realize it's hopeless. So then they right. run into that wall. And I was like, the gas truck would have been a better option. I mean, I guess it says something about them or perhaps just about the screenwriter that their first option isn't to take as many of the aliens with right, them as possible. Right. Hmm. Which, you know, and as we'll find out later, they are kidnapping people, but they're not just doing it at random. Right. Well, that's what happens, yeah. takes down the number of aliens. They're, you know, they're doing it for a purpose. But. Yeah, at the store. It's not just they just take stuff from the store. And the store scene's at night. I mean, they're stealing the that's stuff true. out of the oh, store. Oh, and they do kidnap yeah. one guy they, who comes along like, yes. to ask them what they're doing. And they leave the little blinky car flashing lights just standing there <laughs> right. in front of the store. Not suspicious store. at all. No, yeah. not at all. And so it, it, that, that led me to another question. Okay, so they're disappearing. Why don't you put little trackers on your own people <laughs> to see like where they're going? That's true, just to track around everybody. I mean, places. Google already had that. <laughs> Sorry, everyone has a... <laughs> that makes sense. So everybody starts driving away from the uh, scene of all this, and Seeker immediately figures out that there's this other group, and she's like, oh, there's more of them. And the other she Seekers apparently are like... have sunglasses on is probably what it is. Oh, it could be. And the other Seekers are like, we had our chase. We found our guys. We're done. That's all enough excitement for us for the day. But Seeker takes off after them. She and one other car. And... They chase it. They chase it. They actually uh, deliberately let themselves get caught in a uh, viaduct where they can grab the guy and take his stuff away from him and then just kidnap him too. When Seeker catches up and then shoots the guy in an attempt to shoot them, right? Which That's is shocking not... to everyone because they don't use the, they don't use guns. They don't shoot. People. Yeah, exactly. It is not our way. Yeah. And then they take off and they leave the other cars blocking the way. Theoretically, is what stops everybody else. But I think what stops everybody else really is they they're just horrified by what Seeker's Yeah, they done. do. They they have that look on their face like they can't believe she just shot someone. Her own man. She shot her own guy in the head right. first. Because he was standing in the way, and then she shot the other guy in the arm, and they're just like, what is going on with this person? It just has something person. like sacrifices have to be yeah. made, or something yeah. along those lines. Something very un... Uh, what are the aliens called again? Souls. Souls. Souls something yeah. very unsoul-like. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember that part happening very clearly, and I just always... I just immediately lumped it into the category of, like, there's villains, and then one person one person says, no, no, it's for the greater good, something to that effect. And then Mm -hmm. they really go rogue and they take whatever message they had too far and turn into a very, very super evil 
villain monster person. So I really thought that's the trajectory this was going on. And it plays out a little bit differently than that in the end of the movie. And I was quite surprised by it. I, but I shouldn't have I been because of what you just said. I, I, that was what I thought was going to happen. It was the first sign that that yeah. was like what was mm-hmm. going on with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I missed yeah. that element until you said it. Bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But there's also that scene where she's at, like, at the so <laughs> We need a moment for the applause break. <laughs> but uh, she's at the computer and she's like, I will not let you win. And so right, you can see yeah. that there's this inner conflict right. going on for, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for a seeker show. Mm-hmm. We'll call her that the rest <laughs> of the way like if you want. <laughs> and uh, she's like, we got to go after them. And they're like, this is done. This is the you're off the case moment, basically. She's like, this is war. And they're like, the war is over. <laughs> we won yes. the war. But I think, I think a war think is raging inside of you, yeah. Seeker. That was Ba-boom. good. Ba-boom. Seeker roasted. But that, this goes to show. So when you have, like, the, the, the soul and you have the human that's resisting, they kind of come up with, like, it corrupts the soul, it seems like, in yeah. how they behave or think or act. Sure, that sure. if the human doesn't get subsumed, the soul becomes more and more worse. So that uh, Seeker would be willing to shoot someone, or right. the other one would begin willing to lie or run right, away right, or right. go hang out with humans. Make out with them. And Make so out now, with them. Right. <laughs> and now the intercutting sort of reaches its height. It's like things have gotten so friendly back at the cave that she's just... You're missing out on all the kissing stuff, Bob. Yeah. 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 Has that actually started happening yet? It's my time to show. I shine. thought that was after that. The, uh... Well, there's been some looks between her and Ian, and Melanie's like, don't you dare smile at him. Don't you dare. What are you doing? You see, but Team A hasn't come back yet. And she's like, oh, yeah, we live on eight planets. And he's like, oh, wow, that's cool. Science fiction-y, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, they're talking like that. And then the other two come back, and they're like, we want to kill her right now. (laughs) Why are you talking to her? Like, because he's getting actual valuable information about the alien invasion. Like, this is the first time humans have had a chance to get any backstory on what's happening. And you just want to be like, no, no more. No more talking to the alien. But it's an interesting thing. You know, like, they missed out on this whole montage. It's like, couldn't we show you the montage of the the getting, making friends montage? Because we're actually want to kill her more than we, because originally we just wanted to kill her on general principles. And now we want to kill her because we blame her for, like, our own screw ups. Right. For these two humans. That drove too fast and then shot at a helicopter and then drove into a brick wall. <laughs> and they say something like, you know, they're only around here because they're looking for her. And it's like, so your plan is what to kill her and then like throw her body out into out somewhere where they'll find it so they'll stop looking for her or something. And that'll stop them. Not the most well thought out. I mean, it, it seemed like a pretty busy stretch of road they were on, so I, maybe they would have been out there anyway. Yeah, they may have been out there anyway, but I go, I go back to the economics of this place, just I find baffling. They all shop at store. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really, you know, they drive through the desert. They drive around in the desert. You know, what 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 is the soul like economy or life really like? Because it's like, like what do they do with their what day? Do they do they? Today? Yes. Yeah, what do they do for fun? I mean, because everyone that worked at Walmart, Best Buy, and everything, they're all gone, you know. They're, yeah, well, you know, we don't know what store. anybody does except for the store. seekers. Well, there's yeah. no money because they just, like, to check out, they just say, have a good day. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, hey. yeah, out you go. They just have greeters. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a greeter. It was more also, like, like the, the Best Buy, like, yeah, let me just, like, put a little mark on your, your receipt type person oh, as you yeah. walk out the door. But it's like, if they're not worried about stealing, why even have that person right. there? Well, well, in case somebody needs help carrying stuff to their car. Okay, maybe that's it. But who's restocking the shelves, you know? You've come all this way from another planet, and your job is stocking the shelves in the store. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be on my way to the next planet pretty quickly. <laughs> Maybe I can get a better body next time. 
But yeah, now Jared, her former guard, wants to kill her. Jake, who always wanted to kill her, still wants to kill her. So Ian, it's his turn to not want to kill her. Yes, the one who tried to kill her before. And he's like, she can stay at my place. And then, well, he's like, he keeps referring to her as it, he's like, it's not an it. Her name is Wanda. <laughs> her name is Wanda, which Jeb gave her that name because Wanderer. Too, too far. To too. Say. It's way too long. Like, come on. <laughs> Let's Obviously, knock a syllable Wanda off. Wanda <laughs> is so much easier than Wanderer. Wanderer. <laughs> so she and Ian go off together, and this is where you hit the gas on this romance. And he's like, "Strange world, isn't it?" She's like, "The strangest." <laughs> I can compare it to seven other worlds. <laughs> and he takes her up onto the roof. So they get to actually like see the outside, and it's what's it like you and her living in there together? She's like it's crowded. Yeah, oh, where... and then so then somewhere in here, Jared. Then somewhere in here is like where Jared kisses her and she slaps him, and then he's like, "Aha! I re- I knew it." Yeah. So Wanda was concerned that Melanie was gone, and the only way. No, no, no. That's that's later. Later, another so time, Jared. Lots of kisses. Jared. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jared. I think mm-hmm. possibly from commuting with Jamie, like figures out. Oh, okay, like. She's actually hiding. Melanie's actually in there. And so he grabs her and kisses her. And this is why I was so confused. It's like, wait, but who's kissing and who's killing at this point? And then she slaps him and he's immediately, he's like, aha, I knew that she was in there. I know when I watched it, it made perfect sense to me. (laughs) And I liked it. I'll just go on the record. I unironically love this movie. (laughs) I'll be the voice of discontent. Come at me. Okay. So at some point she's taking another bath or, you know, she's just sitting there like uh, looking at the water, trying to figure out what, what's going on. And she hears somebody coming and Melanie's like, go into the water. And so she just blonde boy number two. Yeah. Just jumps fully clothed, like into the water. And yeah, Jake is coming around looking for her. And then she comes back out of the water and he like reappears and then tries to kill her and then tries to throw her into the volcano flow, but slips and falls himself. And then against Melanie's advice, she tries to save him, him. and calls for help. And then at this point, they help drag her out, and then she actually covers for him. Oh, yes, yes. In her non-lying sort of way. He slipped. Did he try to kill you? (laughs) (laughs) Silently, no comment on that. That's sort of the end of the whole do they trust her arc. I think from that point on, like, everybody is kind of fully in on her. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then we go into Ian really wanting to kiss her, and is like, is there some way Melanie could give us some privacy? No. No. And her saying, though, you know, if you could see, you know, you just love this body. You just love this body. Eh? Mm-hmm. There's different ways you could uh, deliver that line, but she delivers it in uh, the, the most sheer-sheer-rounded way. If you could see me, the real me, you'd be disgusted. You'd crush me. I love that you'd crush me, like, on top of there. You'd just crush me in your big man hands. I mean, but the aliens are really pretty. I mean, <laughs> we don't know that yet as an audience, but... And she might not have known that yet as an actor. Well, she probably know, had no idea what they were like. at the very beginning when they implanted it. Yes. Oh, so they... That's right. You have the glowing little, like, fuzzy camera. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're actually a slimy blob, maybe you could say you wouldn't like what you see. But when you're a sparkling, delicate floaty creature it's a bit audacious to say i'm hideous no don't look Maybe she's just fishing for compliments yep it happens yeah meanwhile seeker is doing research and she goes i am not weak i am in control and then you yes. hear diane kruger number two say you will never win yeah bum, bum, bum. so now we the, the mystery of the seeker solved revealed yeah yep. 
Meanwhile, everybody seems to have disappeared for a while and Wanda's saying, hey, where is everybody? What's going on? And they do just as bad a job of lying to her as she did of lying to everybody else. <laughs> Isn't there a farming scene, though, before then? Like, there's this important oh, yeah, farming yeah. scene. Oh, that's Again, right. nothing is thrown away in this film. It's oh, like, yeah, they the use the entire scene, buffalo. And then the it's, helicopter comes right, overhead looking the, for them. The, the mirrors are... So they have to crack the mirrors them. closed. Yes. And, like, but just hearing the helicopters causes... Uh, Brother Jamie. Brother Jamie to cut himself with a sickle. Yes. 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 And yeah, and now it's getting infected at this point. Which is definitely not going to come back as a plot point later. Right. And that's one reason she gets suspicious because she's like, shouldn't you go see Doc? He's like, Doc is busy right now. She's Mm -hmm. like, what could Doc be busy doing? You're clearly have an infected wound on your leg. (laughs) Exactly. And she goes off and it turns out that the two guys who they kidnapped earlier have been operated on in an attempt to remove the souls from them. And you see like little blood blood covered soul bits all over the floor. Because that's exactly what you do. You take it out and immediately just throw it on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. And everybody looks a little shaken even before she gets there. Yeah, but she delivers it pretty good though. I mean, it's like you know, like you, I, she, she, like you have to imagine she as an actress walked into this room. <laughs> there's nothing probably really on the floor. There's something just <laughs> fake, and she sells it. You know, like she's like you monsters because you know that what they're doing is truly monstrous to her. Right, right. <laughs> they're yanking out her her as she calls them family out of out of the other people and and basically just killing both of them to yeah. to try and do this. And everybody's kind of ashamed but kind of not backing down at the same time. It's like, "What did you expect? We're trying to get our people back." Mm-hmm. And she tells William Hurt it's impossible and he's like, "Well, if it's impossible then we won't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell the boys not to take more hostages." How many times have you heard the hero of a movie say, I'll tell the boys not to take more hostages? That's <laughs> <laughs> one of those sort of weird language dynamics in this film that I, I was I was finding interesting was Okay, so at times I think um, Wander even calls it like I think refers to it as like an invasion or you know prisoners oh. and things like that. What in yeah, like if you're the invading species, do you call it an invasion? Usually you use some euphemism for right, it. Right, right. And then if you're the other ones, liberation. you would be yeah you or liberation, not like settling. Hostages. You're settling in this new species. Exactly, and it's right. like, I do a certain amount of that in immunities too. Like the the lookers, I'll call it contact night. You know, like the first night that the invasion yeah. happened, the days after contact night, and in fact, in the latest carry craze stumbles a bit because she's about to say the takeover period mm-hmm. and she's like the uh the pre truce period mm-hmm. but you know they they, they keep language wise like yeah. wander keeps calling it like an invasion or like yeah, yeah, yeah. taking taking these people and That's then interesting. he refers to this as taking hostages not as liberating these people or trying to save them mm-hmm. so it's like and they're like you know we like to join with other species yes isn't really joining if you just completely subsume their identity and will and destroy it I mean, it seems to me that's something specific to the way that they work with the humans. I mean, maybe with the other species, it wasn't like that. I don't know. Yeah, humans, but, uh, humans apparently are an unruly lot. But somewhere in here, Melanie tells her, you know, it's like, Wanderer, you don't want to do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And she's like, good, you shut up. And it's from that point, like looking back, that uh, Melanie stops talking. But Wanderer doesn't notice for a little while. Because right. she's not in the mood to hear her. And uh, William Hurt says, it's probably for the best. I don't think Doc could have taken it much longer, which I think is a nice touch. You know, that like Doc has always been a little, looked a little shell-shocked, maybe because he's performing a a surgery over and over and over that always kills the patient. It probably uh, gets to you after a while. Wonder figures out that Melanie's gone. I think it's partially she's talking to Jamie. Jamie's trying to get messages from Melanie, you know, and she says something. He's like, oh, that sounds like Melanie. Did Melanie say that? And she's like, "Mm." which that leads me to a whole theory. Because I'm wondering if Wanderer pretty much is learning that she could have kind of dispelled Melanie at any time. She just didn't want to. And maybe she sounds like Melanie at that point because at that point they've sort of joined back into one, into one personality. Interesting. Mm. That maybe like all the 
the souls are also the people, <laughs> yeah, who they were, but they're just not like as two divided halves. You know, there is just one. So you're saying you do want a sequel? <laughs> I wouldn't mind. Okay. I'd also like to see a remake as a musical, personally. <laughs> Wanderer! So anyway, she cooks up in her mind that she's going to go on the secret mission, but she needs Melanie back in order for this to work. And so... Well, because they need to save... Um, yeah, in order, get, in order yes. to get super medicine for... The Jamie. That's right. Yes, Jamie. Jamie, yeah. yeah. But she doesn't mention that this is why. She just wants become Melanie. something. Yeah, she right. just mentions she wants Melanie back. So first she does it by making up with Ian. She's like, you know, kiss me like you want to be slapped. He gives it because she finds his first kiss too weak. Was it Ian mm-hmm. or Jared? It was Ian. No, it, it is was Ian. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's when they have the, their first hot kiss. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and she's like, no, that's not working. Bring me the other one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought this was legitimately hilarious. Especially like he, he goes up. Actually, yes, he just looks out the window and of course, he, he just looks like, out his door. And of course, Jared is just like 50 feet away. Like, you know, like keeping an eye on them. And he just gives them the sort of bro, like, you know, head shake. <laughs> And Jared like comes over and he's like, kiss her. <laughs> and then just and he just walks away. And then she explains why, and the two of them kiss, and then eventually does bring it, but you know, it gets hotter and hotter, heavier and heavier, and then eventually Melanie's like, Aah! and gives him a, what you, and oh, and this time bites him on the lip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how you bring Melanie back after three days going, I guess. But yeah, kissing clearly clearly plays an important role here in all this. I mean, like I mean there's the It's there's, plot important kissing. It's very plot important kissing. And I think, what did she say earlier, like, after she kisses Ian, I think, the first time, she's like, you get mad if I kiss the boy you hate, and I get, you get mad, even madder if I kiss the boy that you love, you know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there's few few things like this where the kissing really, get, like, it, you know, where the love story really gets, like, ingrained into the plot. Mm-hmm. Like, the fir- I remember the first time I noticed that was, like, as a teenager watching Terminator 1 for the first time. And I was like, oh, we're really going to have take time out for this whole motel room scene now? And then I was thinking... Oh, wait, this hotel room scene is the reason for the entire movie. <laughs> Without this, there is no John Connor, you know. Unless, like, we're doing, we're in a spiral and, like, John Connor originally was somebody else's son, who knows. But so now Wanda comes out with, like, we have to go steal supermeds. Right, because there is no more human medicine. The Your people did away with all of that. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yes, yeah, so even though they're stealing supplies for other things, they never thought right. to steal medical supplies. Right, right. <laughs> Just to have them on hand, the sprays yeah. that cure everything. Well, that's what doctors are for, is to guard those things. You know, Healers, they don't yes. just have those at store. <laughs> How long is store open, anyway? What are the hours? <laughs> it's clearly not 24-7, because yep. they have to break into store at the, in the evening. Yeah, until she convinces them. It's like, no, you can just walk in any time of day. Right, it's yeah. fine. Just, yes. like, and walk right out. <laughs> Does this mean they put Store on other planets, too? Because she clearly knows the M.O. of Store. And yet she's not had time to go to Store, so how does she know? She, yeah, clearly... she never went to Store. She was, like, in the office complex in her 90, and then she broke out, and then... Store. Desert, and she nine planets <laughs> coming soon to Planet right. 10. <laughs> so Melanie helps her bluff her way into the hospital, and she gets the stuff she needs. I also, and it is I also super magical. Doctor. What's that? I said I also knew that doctor. Oh, you did? Oh, that's great. What medical school did you go to? (laughs) (laughs) Louisiana State University. See, and everything's going super well. So they're on their way back. And then you see this guy who's like on lookout from some high ridge. And uh, some guy who we barely knew before. And Secret sneaks up on him and apparently like hucks him off onto the road. Just so that they'll stop when they get to that point and like look at his body, and then Seeker comes out and pulls a gun on them, 
And uh, there's a brief confrontation, and then Jeb comes up and shoots her. In the uh, shoulder. In the shoulder. Yeah, she's not dead. She get laid, and it comes out that it turns out that they used the medical stuff on her too to save her life. Right. But they say Jamie too, and in, in before this, Jamie is yeah, safe. He's okay. Yes. Yeah. He Don't forget it. Jamie. Everyone's out there listening right now is wondering, <laughs> did Jamie die? Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they save Jamie, and yeah, he comes back. He's like, "Wow, Doc, you did good," or something like mm-hmm. that. You heal good. But I love how, like, with the little like remote control device thing that she points. She gives it to Doc to use. She doesn't just do it herself. Right, like, right. like you must push this button because only you have a the... healer That's can do it. Yeah. Yes, only healers can push this button. And we have a final talk between Wanderer and Seeker, which I found it's like on an acting point, it's good, but there's they don't say anything interesting to each other, which is too bad. Just sort of like we can't live with them like we can on other planets. Or no, no, Wanderer says that. I guess they're both saying that they just need something different. But. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I mean, I think you're right that the conversation was sparse, and uh, I don't remember the meaning of it, but I do remember that it was the first time. You know, there's always the moment where a hero comes face to face with villain. Oh yeah, yeah. It clicked to me. Yeah, the attitude right. was really good. Like, that's right. The hero and the villain are both women. Mm-hmm. This is good. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Wanderer is basically telling her this whole colonization of this world was just a mistake. She's like, "Oh, so you're going to kill me?" She's like, "No." And then she's like, "So you're my interrogator?" She's like, "Nope, not that either." So what they're going to do is she teaches them how to actually extract the soul. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you right, know... Because you... she had conveniently stolen one of those oh, yeah. um, yep. silver Well, de- very deliberately yeah, stolen yeah. that, yeah. And it was interesting. Like, she has not do an incision. And she's like, you know, you can sense your fear, your hatred. It, you, you can only bring it out with love. Which is sort of a metaphor for the whole movie. And uh, and it sort of comes out tenderly, tenderly, tenderly. And like, not... Nice looking CGI, but not looking like it's actually part of that world CGI. But and uh, and I like the the touch that it actually opens the pod itself. Like there's not a button or something. It's like the tendril touches the pod and it automatically opens. But there's, there's this moment where she pulls out the out, out seeker um, oh, yeah, and yeah. hands it off to Ian. Oh yeah, who yeah. She said, "Well, you would crush me if you saw me." Right, right. So there's this moment where he has the opportunity to crush Seeker mm-hmm. right there in front of her. But he doesn't. Yeah, not even the, yeah, not even crush the one who he's hot for, but like the one who killed a bunch of his right. dudes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they put it in, and eventually they uh, take it off to a place where it can be zapped off to a planet so far away that say, like, by the time she gets there, your grandchildren will have died of old right, age. Right. They promise that this is what they're going to do from now on: is that you know they're going to take it out of people, and then they're going to safely safely uh, ship them off, ship Sa- them off. safely send the seekers off to a nice farm family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for another exchange program somewhere right. else. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind what they're going to do to those people. On that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the poor lizard people on the know. planet Krog are getting all these extra Earth secret souls coming by. It's but, great. So she made Doc <laughs> promise to kill her in exchange for the information, which is interesting. She's like, you know, I want to get taken out of this body and then I want to be destroyed. I don't want to be sent off and be exactly I that. Do I don't want to go through this again on another planet. I'm just done. And Melanie's yeah. against well, I think, it, but I think she's... she also is like, "You'll all be dead by the time I get there, and I can't live uh, without that." That's yeah. true. Which that's weaker. I don't. I think I rewrote it. To, to you rewrote it. Okay, I'm glad you improved. <laughs> <laughs> and like Melanie, this is against this plan from the get go, but she's just not passing along Melanie's messages. What, Jamie I think tries say, to talk about. What does Melanie say about this? And right, don't they ask her what Melanie says about it? Oh. And, and she says, she says, Melanie's always wanted to have her body back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's like, you know, collectively. Which is uh, true. Or, it's you know, true. Yeah. That's like in Immunities, there's the whole, uh, when Roxanne tells her season two fan plan to Nicole, Nicole says, does Thee know about this? You know, Thee, of course, had expressly right. forbidden about it. And Roxanne says, 
she's heard about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like lying without lying. (laughs) Nicole's like, oh, that was carefully worded. But uh, anyway, so back to this movie. But uh, Jamie has figured out that, that, you know, she's saying goodbye for real. Yeah, and he's like, don't do this. And she's like, don't you miss Melanie? Don't you want your sister back? And he's like, she's here now. (sighs) So mature. And then she's going to tell everybody, oh, we didn't talk about the glowworm cave. Which there was an earlier scene oh, in the yeah, Glowworm yeah, Cave, boy, which was yeah. a little terrible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's this it's cave, like, and it's full of these glowworms that, like, will only glow this when cave it's has, quiet. This cave has everything, man. Yeah. It's got because a glowworm room. It's got in, a... in New Zealand or something crazy yep. like that. Yeah. They say, well... Like, and that was Andrew Nicole, who's a New Zealand director, so he, like, had that idea. Yeah, they were... She, The little boy took her there. And they were looking at it, and she was like, I don't recognize these constellations. Where, yeah. Where is this? That was, what part of space is this? That was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I assume yeah. she thinks it's a map or something. I don't think she thinks it's the actual stars, right? Because they're green? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She seemed to think they were outside. <laughs> and she doesn't know he, how to put a chair against the door. She he easily blindfolded her to take her there. So right, maybe right, she right. thought he blindfolded her to take her outside so she wouldn't know how to get in and out of and the And put, cave. like, green they, tinted glasses she on She gets right. blindfolded a lot. Like, yeah, yeah as she goes around. But, yeah, if you think about it, she's not very cognitively, like, with it between, like, okay, <laughs> I don't know which way I'm driving not to Fort Worth. I don't know that I'm not outside. I don't know how to put a chair against the door. I don't... But I can drive this car really well. But at this point, she goes back to the glowworm cave and she's like, I asked you here so no one would shout. Because if you make any noise, then right, the glowworm will go out. And I that, like that, that would stop anybody. Right, because they just come right back on. That's what we saw mm-hmm. in the previous scene. Like, he claps his hands and they go out and then they immediately come back on. Right. So. People don't want to offend glowworms. <laughs> <And> they, <laughs> they go down the list of everything in this movie that hadn't been called back yet and call back it. Glowworms <laughs> hadn't been called back the, yet. The, the, the glowworms, like, uh, Ian says, let me talk to Melanie. And she's like, she stepped into the other room, which mm-hmm. is something he had asked for earlier yeah. so that they could kiss. Yeah, the only thing that didn't happen is the volcano did not blow. <laughs> exactly. And then we're on the... Uh, yeah, on Doc's operating table, you know, and uh, camera's focusing in on her closer, 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 and she's, like, saying goodbye to Melanie. And, like, Wanda, my sister, yes, sister, please don't die. But she does. Or she th- they think that she's going to. And it's interesting. We follow Wanda's experience entirely. So it, like, goes black, mm-hmm. and then it comes back to black. And uh, she's looking around, and she's she's looking around. She sees Melanie. She sees all the rest of them. And then it's only later that they show her a mirror, and she you see that she's somebody new that looks amazingly sort of like it's uh, Emily Browning. It's Emily Browning. Yeah, where do you know her from? A... Uh, Sucker Punch, American oh, right. Gods. Um, ah. So yeah. Yeah, they chose somebody for her. Apparently, uh, the story on that was she showed up and then disappeared with Searsha for two hours and then came back later and had gotten a whole lesson on how to be Wanda, which I thought was was cool. It only took two hours. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Here's what you do with your hair. I'm just surprised they didn't find, like, an 80-year-old man or something to put her in just to test test the boundaries of this relationship. With with, with the Ian and him are just hanging out, you know, like... I I love you, even though you're now a... (laughs) He's, like, sitting on Ian's lap. (laughs) Oh, wow, I didn't think about that No, they just just somehow managed to find another, like, you know, 18-year-old... Pixie-ish, Pixie-ish girl for him. Well, also, like, it's weird because, like, for um, Wanda, her... Her whole like experience is her eyes closed, and then she opened as this other person. But you, so like when she was the blob, she had no consciousness because they had to keep it around for a while because yes. they said we've been trying to re- trying to like 
change the people over and this body was Mm-hmm. When, when the original consciousness didn't come back. So, like, but what happened during all this time? She's well, been sitting in a silver pot yeah, in the corner. And has yeah. no, but passed out. Like, yeah, apparently they have no existence while they're there. No I guess. consciousness while they're there. That's mm-hmm. I, guess that makes time. Sense. I guess that's good if you're going to spend like 200 years like traveling through space, you yeah. probably want to be unconscious. Rather than I don't think it was nothing. I think Ian came by every couple weeks and gave her a spritz of water. <laughs> so, <laughs> take care of her. Get better gently yeah. in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> Sort of one-sided, though. If he loved her so much, why don't you just, you know, cut his own head and just pop her right on oh, it? Oh, there we go. Know. Oh, wow. Kiss, I was like, kiss her. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't okay. even think about that. Oh, yeah. They can be, you know, I love you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I did a little senior Winces kiss. <laughs> kiss his mirror. They'll just be making out with a mirror the whole time. But, yeah, so it turns out that they've been taking uh, souls out of people and shipping them back. And this one person who just happened to be cute. Right. Uh, happened to not you know live. Yeah, didn't Cute wake up. Female, didn't wake up yeah. again yeah. for what for whichever reason. And so uh, they put her in there, and so that she's not actually taking anybody's life. Happy ending. Happy yep. ending. Happy and ending. yeah, you end with as you began with William Hurt talking about you know stuff, and it's like if one of them could find a way to live with one of us, I wonder. And then, bum unexpected coda. <laughs> yeah. Months later. Basically, they're out on another raid. They get pulled over. Sunglasses at night. Yes. They look like they're on a double date. Yeah, yeah like they're all they hanging are. out in the car. Like, like from the fifth, like the fifties cruise scene. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, we're like cruising around with the girls. Yeah, Wanda and Ian and Jared and uh, Mel are all just are all just hanging, and uh, and it's funny just how much like I don't know if the camera does this or it's the eyes or what, but I just look I focus entirely on the new Wanda, not on Mel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the scenes, and I guess the camera does too, because she's really the main character in the movie more than Melanie is. And they get pulled over, a thing that doesn't make a lot of sense post hoc, but they get pulled over, and it seems like they're all busted, but it turns out that the people pulled them over are all human except for one soul. Yeah, Yeah, except I guess they were planning on, like, I don't know, kidnapping them and taking the souls out of them or something like that. Who knows? Who knows? But if if they were souls, but since they're human, they're all going to just party. You're as human as you are. You're as human as you are, that's right. Mm-hmm. I thought I was the only one who switched sides. <laughs> but you're not. And then, ta-da, the end. You're set for, what is it, the host two, the host name? <laughs> <laughs> host two, triple date. This will be three people in one body. <laughs> who each, mm-hmm. a, a girl with three, with three girls in one body who has three different guys, you know, who all look exactly the same, but she's alternating between. I support it. <laughs> All right, Jamie is going to have to leave us pretty quickly. So is there anything uh, you would like to say about this movie or anything before you have to go? I think it's I think it's cool. Well, I love paranormal young adult romance, always have, and science fiction. But I really liked, there actually was a pretty fresh take on this. You know, the body snatching stuff is pretty standard. The romance stuff is pretty standard. But in the story, in the very beginning, it's presented that Wanda, at the time Wanderer, that Melanie is fighting against her. So all of these alien alien souls are bad. Well, it's a really slow burn. Then they eventually become best friends and then work together to find the solution. So it's not like a giant turning point. It's not like they have one incident and then suddenly uh, Wanda is the hero along with Melanie. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So it's a really slow and gradual process. And I really liked that a lot. And... You know, as a fan of romance, I don't... When you get in these love triangle situations, it's always, you know... It kind of bothers me to read it because you know somebody's getting really hurt in the end of this movie. Mm -hmm. 
parentheses Jacob from Twilight. Um, but so in this one, it was really clever because there were actually four characters in the scene mm-hmm. in the story. It wasn't just you know Saoirse Ronan and then two guys. It was four people. Right for the so get-go. Then, right. Yeah. So then they did find a way uh, in writing the story for everyone to come out of this happy and not be really hurt right, or right. dead. So I really like that. Without coming up with an instant consolation prize or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Or whatever her name is, Miss Simone, or whatever is the uh, the baby girl in uh, Twilight. Oh, Renesme. Renesme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who turns out to be Jacob's true true word. Weird. I don't know anything about Twilight. Though. I don't know. I just know that Jake, I think, is the, the werewolf one. Yeah. And Correct. The other I know one there's a werewolf and a sparkly vampire. Yes. And, and Kristen Stewart's in the movies. That's like what I know about Twilight. Well, spoilers for Twilight. Jacob is only thinks he's in love with Kristen Stewart because she smells like the daughter that she's going to have someday, who's yep. his true love. Based on your commentary, so he pre-cog, like smelled like mystery love on her, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's such, so strong is their love. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us, Janie. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to the hopefully sequel and triquil. If, I'll if be there, there is for a sequel, I will have you back so fast for all of them. <laughs> all right, thank you very much. So that was the host. Uh, we have discussed the whole thing now, pretty much. So we've heard Jamie's opinion of it. Uh, my opinion is I, I liked it more than most people did. I still found it deeply flawed, but I thought it played with some interesting stuff. I'll say, so this came out in 2013. At that point, the first season of Immunities was pretty much like the plot arc of the first season of Immunities was all in stone. So it had very, it didn't have any impact on that season. It's possible that parts of it affected me for second season, but it was definitely something where as it was ha- about to happen, I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not ready yet. You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't want this to become a super big thing. And then it'll look like Immunities is kind of copying it. And uh, it did not become no a super worries big No worries there. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it tracks Immunities in a way, you know, in, in a bunch of ways that a bunch of the other ones, oh, you know, like by foregrounding like their honesty and their nonviolence and... Uh, I thought I actually also thought that the um, the eyes were similar. Like mm-hmm. I know you, they, mm-hmm. in immunities they don't have glowing eyes, but they they see that light in their eye. Yeah, know? it's a much it's yeah. supposed to be a much subtler right thing. thing. It, yeah, somewhat more like the vampire eyes from like the the Anne Rice movies. Yeah. I would say. And you have like the the, I guess the souls with humans with souls and talk and act a little differently than, than right. regular yes. people to differentiate them from how humans are. Well, right. and I think also the the aspect of it where the aliens have sort of taken over the humans, and you think you can't tell if like the humans are actually gone or are still in there, um, mm-hmm. both in immunities and this, and then it turns out that that the humans are still around in both in- incarnations, except right, for right. occasionally when they can't get the human back because <laughs> they need a body for the alien that they like. Yeah, exactly. Actually, we just didn't like her. <laughs> she wasn't. She wasn't fitting in. She wasn't like, the, or like uh, maybe the that human was actually a bad person, was like a <laughs> child uh, abuser or something, and they were like, we don't want that human back. So could be. You don't know. There's a couple of ways in which actually it's unlike Immunities more so than like most body snatcher movies, like the fact that they are specific alien personalities coming right. from another planet. Because I've wondered that, because some of the alien, you know, most of Body Snatcher movies are very sketchy about the alien personalities. Right, like, yeah, you yeah. don't get much from them except for, you know, Joy and Oz. Is this pod that you, you know, you've got here, is that Maury? Is that your buddy from the last planet, right, you know? Right, right. But generally it seems like no. 
generally they just have like an well, altered version of since it takes centuries to move around you know it, it seems they probably don't get to see each other that, that often maybe but uh yeah i mean it's 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 but i think the difference also is like in the, the immunities it's like it's it's altered it's not subsumed and consumed by the by the other right 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 and so you know it's and then you but then the overlook in this case is is you know uncle jeb's mystery cave of wonders yeah yeah <laughs> Although, well, there's a, the Overlook, is, though, is at the root of a different suite of immunities, which actually comes much more out of the invasion. You can listen to that episode uh, <laughs> last year. Uh, the idea of the invasion where she finds out her son is immune and she's talking to her, I think her dad or something like that. Yeah. Who's been taken over. And she's like, he's immune. And she's like, well, we'll take care of him. She's like, well, what does that mean? And she's like, there's no place in our society for someone who's immune. And I was like, oh, come on, pacifist aliens. You can right. be better than come that. come on. You could have a little zoo for immune humans or something like that. And so that's where I had the idea. What if there's this, you know, this, there's this huge, you know, alien welfare state and human, and, you know, and this, yeah. you know, 20 year old human is just sort of like bumming around a little bit. <laughs> and that's how it all started, you know, and then only later did I figure out, you know, that she is some sort of key to overthrowing them and stuff. So it probably would have been smart if they had just gotten rid of her. <laughs> there is no place in alien society. For <laughs> She's going to throw them over. That's true. Well, they didn't do it out in, in, even in immunities. They didn't do it out of the kindness of their hearts entirely. Because right. there's the whole nuclear threat thing. Yes, mm-hmm. that's our trump card, humans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, <blow stuff> <laughs> we will blow our whole planet up rather than letting you take it. <laughs> you think we're screwing this place up now? <laughs> well, you can see us when we try to screw it up. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know how influential that was on immunities, but I think it's visualized nicely here. Just the the sense that. Yeah, we're willing to be violent if we absolutely have to be, but we're not good at it, you know, yeah. on, on the part of the body snatched. Except for, the, like, the one of us who's starting to lose it, you know. Great, yes. Like, kind of going crazy. Like, the rest of us will... It's you know, the we'll... human influence on her mm-hmm. that allows her to shoot people. Mm-hmm. But, but, but both of them also kind of explore the post-invasion, post-takeover, whereas most invasion films focus on the, the invasion. invasion. Yeah, yeah. That's true. You know, type of thing, or the body snatching at the beginning, whereas this is like post-event, and now how does this actually play out and resolve in right. society? So you have like the the opportunity to explore what would this actually look like, this dichotomy of different cultures, the humans wearing their brown and the mm-hmm. other ones wearing white and driving shiny vehicles. Yeah. There's a movie Going which... to store. Going to store. <laughs> It's my favorite. It's the only. It's, it's like the only glimpse into like their day to day life that you get to see is store because they don't have like coffee shop. You don't see that or restaurant. You only see store. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what else their lives. And store seems to be in the middle of nowhere with no other stores surrounding it. So they store. sort of red state is my favorite store. Red state, blue stateness of it that I mentioned earlier. I think it's more specifically because uh, Meyer is a Mormon. So, oh yeah, I knew she was some sort of religious, but I couldn't remember. Uh, yeah, and so there's a, uh, I think there's sort of a tone to this of like you know the whole rest of the world is this other thing, and you know and it's beautiful and it's you know they have all this clever stuff that they do, but it's kind of soulless. And then there's like the real people, who like live in the middle of the desert, you know, and you right. know, do everything in this sort of backwards way, but don't want society vi- being imposed upon them. Yeah. Like weirdly you know. violent, but the, <laughs> but yeah, they, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But they don't want society imposed upon them, which there's another movie, which I'll do on one of these someday called exile children of the wasteland, which is much lower budget. But in that movie, there was a successful invasion of the body snatchers, but it only happened in one town. 
and uh, and it only affects adults. So it's basically these kids, you know, growing up as teenagers, like in this town where everybody's been body snatched except for them. And oh. uh, and I found that one interesting, like from a you know, another armchair psychiatry sort of point, because the point of view of your typical film student growing up in a little town is, oh my god, this town is so weird. I, I can't wait to get out of here and go to the real world right. where people aren't right. aliens. And then go back there because you realize that that town was a great place to shoot a film. But the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically exactly what they did, except they turned their town into this body snatcher pair, you know, metaphor. Yeah. So I find that interesting. You know, so in that one, the whole world is normal except for the town of aliens. And, but uh, Stephanie Meyer, the whole world is aliens except for her like little town, community yeah. of normal people, mm-hmm. which I think she would be philosophical about. I mean, I don't think she's trying to convince people of anything. I right. think it's just the first thing that came to her head. Or an impactful theme. Yeah. Yeah. I did wonder about, I had so many questions about this movie, like about like the world of these aliens. Like I know they, they didn't like, they were talking about humans and their passions. So you got this idea that, that the aliens didn't have sex to procreate. But then I wondered like if two aliens did have sex and had a baby with these human bodies, would the baby be an alien or would the baby be human? I assume the baby I wondered the same thing to do this, like another alien come down and get to have that baby or does that baby like, do their bodies age when they're aliens or do they stay the same age forever? And is that how they die off? Like, does the planet die off? Oh, because, because they just don't have any they don't, more? Yeah, they don't have any more babies, so then they have to fly well, to had, another... There was, there was a couple walking with the, with a stroller. Right. So there was some... But the baby was may have been pre-existing from before... Yeah, even if she was yeah. pregnant. I, know, I got the sense that it had been a while since the invasion happened. Like, you can't just build all those shiny cars without having a little bit of time. <laughs> but maybe they but just... Like, helicopters they could have and... been just taken over recently, those humans, if, though. Because they were still finding was, them. If she was newly pregnant when the ta- when the aliens landed, right. then, you know, it could be, like, a year or two later. And mm-hmm. like, the baby might still be in a stroller. The, uh, but, yeah, I would... Yeah, my guess as a writer would be that, you know, you get a human baby, but somehow the two aliens also mate... And produce a little tiny. Oh, the little so the baby has a little one that, that you put into the house, but they stay separate, like mitochondria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that would be, a, be, a, be a, if they didn't have the para, the little parasite alien in there. It's like then, then you as a parent, yeah, you know, would have your child, which would have a right. personality, which right. would reach a certain age, and then you'd be like, yeah, now you're going to be someone else, and <laughs> hand them a parasite to go in. <laughs> Exactly how they do it. But, like, they seem like they're efficient enough that they wouldn't do in vitro, like, you know, because they would know that it'd be better to just natural. Wait for the baby to be be better. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have, it would be like a Coneheads episode. It's like, I have put on the baby creating music. (laughs) (laughs) Do you wish to look at the anatomy pictures? Yeah, we watch some Netflix and then chill. <laughs> it would just be movie. <laughs> it is not a lie. It is a euphemism. Oh no! It, it it was it's it's I I I, I don't think it's a good film. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that I I didn't enjoy the experience of watching it and and and, and cannot you know. I clearly talk about it for at least you know this period of time um and and, and have fun with it so yeah, yeah it certainly fun. wasn't the worst film i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> nor is it like the most hated film i've ever seen which i'm now very curious about what Bob's most hated film is oh yeah that, once again that's life <laughs> <laughs> say it's from about 2016 2017 
Not in, it's my least favorite. I, I, I choose those words carefully. Your least favorite. Because <laughs> because there's, there's nothing in there for me to hate. It's just it's, it's, oh, it bugs me. It's a nice game. I mean, it, it. What frustrated me a little bit? It's like I said. It's like the the the, the script and the film is so economical with every line mm-hmm. and every word and everything uh-huh. that nothing is background color or things oh, like I that. Gotcha. Things that some things that I like about films. It's like. Okay, like if you're watching, I don't know, like let's say the original Star Wars trilogy, there's stuff in the background that's going on that mm-hmm. is not relevant to the story, but it has something there and it adds color and texture to the world um, that that is, you know, just is there to make it more full and more rich. Not like every sentence, every line in this, every shot had some point or some purpose that later would call back to. You know what the closest thing to like sort of random characters in this are the other souls? Like the uh, like the guy up here with the helicopter. You yes. Know, it's like I think you're just seeing evidence of us. You yeah. Know, like, I just like, see evidence yeah. of us. Yeah. yeah. Like those guys. Like it, it, it's funny because they're theoretically all you know not they're kind of less than human. Mm-hmm. You know they're all sort of carbon copies, but they are actually more distinct characters than most of the char- the human characters are because mm-hmm. you but know because the... you've got like all the you got beefy dudes on their merry go round kissing you know and yes but you can't <laughs> cannot tell apart. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. cannot tell apart. They're all. But, but imagine, I think the film could have been stronger if, like, you had the tour of Uncle Jeb's cave. Yeah. If there was just the tour of the, the city that the, the, the souls live it in. It is just... also interesting that the souls were much more racially diverse than mm-hmm. the humans. Which was a wonder, a thing which I was like, is that supposed to be, yeah, like, that, uh, some sort of specific yes. response that they're kind of multi right. and the, That's and the, true. That's and true. Other than Doc, the survivalists right, all seem right. to be white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, I guess yep. it gets to your red state, blue state, yeah. you know type of uh, analogy that could be which I suppose then like the final message of it could be kind of hopeful then you know it's like maybe one of us and one of them can live together right yeah I just I I would have liked the the tour I find out like okay so they shop at store do they go do they go see movie do they have mall do they they spend their time doing pottery do they what are they doing yes are they just like building I mean and it comes up a lot in Aliens Take Over the World movies. What exactly do you want from our Wait, world? Yeah, you know, what is like, your ultimate goal here? Because, like, mm-hmm. what is it? When Kang and Kodos take over the Earth in one of the Halloween specials, they want to they enslave everybody <laughs> to build, like, this giant yes. cannon that they're going to shoot at another planet. Or <laughs> so don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, yeah, it, it, they just added some of that texture in. Yeah. Would've, would've, and, or, or at least give you that flavor of, you know, maybe what they're doing isn't so bad, or maybe it's like, it's just, but it's boring. Right, and even if like Wanderer, you know, never really got a chance to integrate into Earth Soul Society, but she's mm-hmm. been on eight, you know, there are at least six other planets. I think she said there were two she's never been to. Mm-hmm. So she's done some. She she could explain something, but I guess it's but, that's sort of the course of our conversation that they're just about to have when like Team A comes back. Yeah, I mean, I would have been like, okay, who are these crap. other aliens? Were they lizards? Were they blobs? What what did you run into? You yeah, know? exactly. Did you have so, any? Is it just that they completely disappeared, or like, did, did you have any, like interactions with them, or what? Have you, yeah. Have Have either of you read the book that this is based no, on? I, I haven't no. either. So I was just about to go on my library app here and check it out from the library because I'm curious. <laughs> I do this a lot this, with I do this, this a lot with films that I'm like, I feel like there should be more to this. Like I did that with contact the movie. Mm-hmm. I saw contact. And then I was like, I oh, need to right. go read this book to get some clarity on what's going what on. Just happened. Yeah. Well, so contact like, in particular. required a book reading Carl Sagan. Yeah. Yes. How exactly yeah. does Carl Sagan write these scenes? Yeah. Right. Right. And I'm not <laughs> suggesting that Stephanie Myers is Carl Sagan in any way, but maybe she fleshes the world out a little more in the book. <laughs> Could you imagine like Carl Sagan's young adult novel? Like <laughs> romance. <laughs> Well, I think billions I read and billions of well, children. Just the idea that he created a character who would later be played by Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> 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 
believe he would say, oh, I'd say, all right, but he would say it three times. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, all right, and then says, all right, again. He also has an interestingly relativistic view of time, whereby he stays the same age, whereas the way around him become younger and younger. <laughs> movie is actually where um, Rob Lowe is making fun, actually starts making fun of Matthew McConaughey, which is funny, even though it's like very early in the first, the prima But I read that the book was 600 pages, so it's like... Oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She so like, there, there's a there lot more kissing be, going involved. There has to be more going on in this book, right, than in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Although it's funny because like listening to the commentary track, which I recommend actually, it's an it, there it, it's not a dead commentary. So if track. I go for another viewing, I should do it with the commentary. You track. can yeah. you can in fact get the book in very many formats from the library. You can get the paperback, the ebook, the audio book Downloadable out. I cannot say enough <laughs> you good things. Stop with the library, <laughs> especially the Chicago Public Library. It's one of the better things about <laughs> Chicago. You want books? They got books. You want movies? They got movies. If, you want... if you, they don't have the book you want, you can ask them to buy it for you. Like the library will buy the book so that you can then check it out. It's but, amazing. But early on on the commentary track, I swear, like... <laughs> Stop talking about the library. Half yeah. of those... You would just... If you were the alien species, you would just take store and library. call it library. <laughs> the best. Book place, book. <laughs> but early on as they're setting the scene, the setting up the world and stuff like that, half the uh, scenes will start with Stephanie Meyer saying, oh, and this is something that Andrew invented. It was really... I really loved the way that it fit in. And so I was like, does this book entirely take place in the caves maybe like you know and so so like what world building there is is just entirely his invention or something well, maybe that explains sort of like the, why this is sort of a conflicted in some ways because like, you have like i said you have andrew nickel who who mm-hmm. who created gattaca which is a very distinct sci-fi world you know very dark dystopian right. type piece and then you have stephanie meyer you know who's the bubblegum young adult you right. know twinkly sparkly vampire person it's like it's not it's yeah it's it, it doesn't quite, I think, hit her notes. Right. Maybe it doesn't quite hit his Although notes. Was... Yeah. It's a weird marriage. Almost like the aliens and humans. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe this is, maybe this is yeah, what it's it a, is. Yeah, a larger metaphor. Andrew, Andrew Nichol got like invaded by the <laughs> Stephanie Meyer you know, soul and they made this film. Although I, I kind of love Gattaca, but at the same time, I think Gattaca doesn't make, entirely make sense either. <laughs> I think that, that world but, doesn't super hang together. But, but it's also visually striking and interesting, oh, sure, just sure. like this was. It's like you had like the... You know, it's like you have the silvery cars, the white outfits, everything. Mm-hmm. And they, they really did a good job, I think, with that, the visuals of everything, down to the yellow sign on store. <laughs> but, um, store. But, uh, yeah, it, it you know, would have been a little, still a little messier. It'd be funny if there's a, uh, like, a, a podcast, like, devoted to this film that's just called Podcast. 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 And nobody knows about it because, you know, like, you, you search for the host or whatever, it doesn't come in. Can't find it. <laughs> the host podcast. And it's just, why is this thing just called Podcast? <laughs> podcast. People talk movie. <laughs> description. Hosted by hosts. <laughs> With guests. <laughs> <laughs> episode no, episode one episode <laughs> okay that's probably as good a note for us to go out on as uh, Maria what are your upcoming things that you would like uh, people to know about um I uh, I think oh I have um I'm directing a science fiction play uh, about time travel um it's a two-person romance too so it's got everything you could ever want oh, it's cool. called anniversary and it's at otherworld theater 
um, and then in February, and then uh, also I think we have a children have a children's play festival coming up as well at the end of February hmm. called Make Believe, and there's some it's mostly fantasy because children, but I think there are a few sci-fi aspects in there. So people who enjoy this podcast and have children. Very and are cool. in the Chicago area could <laughs> come and see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're visiting. Uh, well, thank you so much, Maria, for yeah. being part of this. Thank you, Jamie, who has already left. Thank you, Tony, for being here and for our, your support. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I think if one of us and one of them can come to understand each other, who knows? Who knows? Dueling Genre.